were listening to Shoot and Scoot, the Flames of War, Team Yankee, Fate of a Nation, Narm and Great War podcast that tries to make sense of the weird and wonderful world of 15mm wargaming, with our tongues firmly in our cheeks, our pans as blood to the ground, and our dice, more often than not, failing to shoot and scoot every episode. We invite you to join us on our many hobby misadventures on Facebook and on the blog at BreakthroughAssault.co.uk and to shop online at Battlefield Hobbies because Hammy may actually listen to an episode one of these days. If nice dice are your vice, then be sure to check out diceofwar.com.au, a podcast sponsor here at Shoot and Scoot. I'm Eddie Fez Turner, broadcasting from somewhere in the desert, which is why I have to apologise about the sound levels in this episode, making me even louder than I usually am. I've tried my best to fix what I could, but just like that one metal gun barrel that refuses to be repaired, I've done what I can and that's what it is. With that out of the way, try to enjoy this episode, where I'm joined by my co-hosts, Duncan Uncomfortably Aryan Gosling, um, blue eyes, very, very blue eyes. And Lee, RPG bus man's holiday, Parnell. <laughs> Are you wearing your t-shirt, Lee? Are you wearing your Monty's meat grinder t-shirt? Uh, unfortunately, it's in the wash, but no, I'm oh, not wearing it. It's in the wash. Yeah, it's, I've, it's worn it, I've worn it a couple of times now. Gotta get those stains out. <laughs> <laughs> the one where we're three days late. Lee, what are we talking about tonight? <laughs> Apart from my laundry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Also, also, I want to know what the what the people either side of your hotel room are thinking is going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's only midnight here. Um, I, don't I don't think there is anyone. Yeah, either side of my... I saw two Russian air crews sat looking very miserable. Were they uh, Russian air crew, or was it like Chernobyl? Were they just, you know... I don't know. They had, they had flight suits with loads of badges and stuff on, so... Oh. I, think, I think that's a, Sy- a Syrian air operation, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Someone, <laughs> someone's changed the, the Pokemon Go um, stop outside the, the hotel, and it's the fountain... And, and someone's changed the description to read the fountain outside the hotel, so people in quarantine have something to look at. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's a weird COVID world at the moment. Yep. Um, Look, it's easing. It's easing. It's it is easing. Yeah, in that you you know if you have the right permissions and and everything, it only takes you five hours to get into a country through immigration. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it is possible. But, did you yeah. not? Did you not show him your bubble? Surely that got you through. Yeah, you know, but... the bubble. Yeah, yeah. I still, I still can't understand what the hell um, people are allowed to do anymore. Yeah, Just... uh, apparently we can get to places if we have a police escort, which is fine if the police escort actually asked the taxi driver where we wanted to go. Um, and the taxi driver didn't just blindly follow the police escort for 45 minutes. <laughs> In some form of wacky races with the the sirens going through red lights, where the police car would go through red lights, but the taxi driver wouldn't. Which <laughs> <laughs> then leads to an awkward kind of like embarrassed waiting ta- yeah, police car who's the other side of the junction for us to go through. But yeah. it's got to be easy yeah. ways to get an eye test. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. <sighs> anyway, so tonight we are talking about um, the US book. We're gonna go what we think about it because we've covered the death by now um <laughs> we do another edition of who wore it better um with the d-day books so there's three of them now we care about the ss because who does um <laughs> we're gonna go loose lips sink ships to go over the last twitch that um pete and chris did mm-hmm. then look at faces bases something something we've been painting 
And then finally, we'll do your questions with an officer answers. Fantastic. Um, yeah. He says, actually, remembering that he hasn't actually looked through the armoured book because I've been reading your coverage and talking to you guys about it. <laughs> just do all, all third hand, yeah. Can we just, think, yeah, so Team Yankee. American. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> World War Three, Team Yankee. That's right. American. American. No, 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 American. American, yes. American. 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 Can we just say that I really, I still don't like this whole new naming convention? <laughs> that's, what was, that's what I was getting at. I bloody missed it. I mean, it's like, you know. What, the World War Three bit? No, this is just so like we go from having like cool names like stripes and oh yeah and like um battle of the bulge and road to rome and yeah iron maiden, maiden. iron it's maiden d-day americans it, it does help a little bit because it is i mean at least they've stopped naming products the same as previous products yeah that's that's not yep. a good precedent set <laughs> it's, it's not like the books didn't have like a byline so i could pick up the market garden book and say it's the allied invasion of um holland in september to oh, november yeah. 1944 yeah. it's not like i needed it to tell it explicitly farming practices in great britain <laughs> no yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's just like a bit one big source book about evesham <laughs> yeah stripes was actually um deck chairs of yesteryear um, yes, Iron Maiden and all the varieties. <laughs> Iron Maiden with Michael Barrymore's uh, lounge room. It was a <laughs> uncomfortable furniture choices since the 1800s. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So I've just lost all the Michael Barrymore um, fans out there. Sorry. <laughs> See you later. Soon. Um, it's a niche market. <laughs> but hey, we'll go for whatever we can. Well, Iron Maiden. That's, yeah, that's the new crossover podcast. Is the, the flames of the, the flames of war? Michael Barrymore niche podcast celebration. Do, 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 I mean, we're all old, old, old enough to remember when Michael Barrymore was like the most loved entertainer in, in Britain. Yeah, I and know. then suddenly he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give a prize to somebody who has to actually go out and Google what the hell we're talking about. Our American listeners are going. <laughs> and then he realizes how disappointing me. <laughs> I don't know. Google Michael Barrymore, he sunk my battleship. <laughs> I say our American listeners, I mean our American listener. I listener. Hi, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's now not. Well, because no. Tacey's in the UK, I wasn't technically counting her, but yes, yeah, she is American, so our two US. Oh, two. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Speaking of Americans, and. <laughs> Look, yeah, <laughs> massive segue. We're <laughs> this out, right? <laughs> yeah. Nancy said this is going to be a quick podcast. We just waffled on. <laughs> It's, it's cabin fever. It's definitely a cabin fever setting. Yeah, it's, it's, tonight it is. It's talking to new people. Do you know what I like most? Travelling uh, half the world to be locked in another hotel, you know, locked in a hotel room instead. It's great. It's like extreme. It's, it's quarantine extreme edition. Dear seventeen, Fez has been locked away. Ah, anyway, before we start, can I just ask one question? On the six pounder. Uh, sprue that you get mm. for the US before I look it up. Which one's the right gun for a 57 mil? Because there's three. The, long, the US one, the longest barrel. The longest barrel without a muzzle brake. 
Is that right? I was going to get the longest barrel. Is that longer barrel? It has a muzzle brake. <laughs> yeah. Have you bothered to look at the at the website? <sighs> Feels like cheating. Right, let me see all that for you. You should have the original British short barrel. You should then have the, the American barrel. I thought it was it. Well, no, no, yeah. They're not six pounds, are they? They're fifty-six millimeter. I think it's well. It says six pound on the sprue, unless something dangerously wrong has gone. Oh no! Right. It's a quick, quick historical lesson: the six pound when they made design the six pound, it was meant to have a long barrel, but there's no lathes in the UK capable of machining it, so it had a short barrel. Is that because we're still? Yeah, the Americans didn't have that problem, so all their M1 57 millimeters had that barrel right from the start. So I'm looking at DJ yeah. America, and it oh, everything's low resolution because it was. It uh, doesn't look, doesn't look like it has a, bar a muzzle that um, muzzle. No, plate. I'm just looking at the card. I'll have a look on. I just What's wanted a box if... show. The box was a picture. Well, yeah, it's just got. A... Oh yeah. Well, it's because you're supposed to go to the website. Yeah, I think we're proving now why you go. <laughs> I would do, but I'm using my back. It's so slow. I'm, I'm, I've just realised I'm googling flames of war in an Islamic country. That's probably not good. <laughs> oh, <God>. oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> All I can say is it's a good thing we're not doing the Blade Oil Wars booking, not Google oh, Israeli, well. Israeli Defence Force. Yeah. <laughs> There's loads of police cars outside, boys. Oh, this is interesting. I wonder who they're here for. <laughs> right. UBX-81, 57mm anti-tank gun bassoon, spotlight. Check out it in the store. Go down. There's, like, built pictures. There's a British six-pounder sprue. Go to the bottom. Assembly guide. 57mm anti-tank gun assembly guide. So this is why I didn't go and find the assembly guide, any. Really. It's easy. You stick the front on, then you stick the wheels on. Oh. Then you... Oh, it doesn't actually... Oh, that's all. Oh, oh no, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so have you got your sprue in front of you? Yes. And arrange it so the three gun barrels are on the left-hand corner and then yeah, the gun is on the right. Yep. Yep, so if you've got in that shape... So the right, yeah, so it's a six-pounder gun. The text is the correct way. The wheel should be in the top left corner. If you have that, yep. starting from the bottom, you have your six-pounder desert gun. Yep. The middle one is the US 57mm M1 anti-tank gun. Okay. The top one is a late-war six-pounder. Oh, I didn't know I had a muscle brake. Oh, how interesting. There you go. And then you just Historical gun lesson. Stick it in. <laughs> Meanwhile, while we were talking about US, I'm just going to segue it away where it's back around again. Oh. So, World War Three, Team Yankee. Guess what has significantly more than 57 millimetres? Uh, that that okay. new cool uh, tank with the, um, what's it got? The one thing you, you can not um, lose gun to ground with. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's yeah. got. Yes. That's I know, yeah. Whatever. I was talking about the 120 mil M1A1. <laughs> I don't. They're not exciting. M1s aren't exciting. <laughs> that's because you've just lost your ability to freedom because you've been depressed too much. Uh, I need a good hard dose of freedom. You do. Yeah, 120 mils of freedom. That's what you need. Dear lord. I don't know. I mean, 20. Uh, yeah. Just they're iconic. They are, you know, what you think of when it comes to, you say Abrams, it has to be the A1. All I remember is just Desert Storm. Well, exactly. Painted everywhere in desert. Yeah, but they're not very exciting, are they? They're just monochrome. Well, they're not exciting for you. Yeah. 
I'm just a bit meh. But it is a cool book. There's a lot in there. I don't know how much... I mean, there's not... Hmm, I don't want to say there's not a lot new. Because that's so not fair. It's an evolution, not revolution, isn't it? It is. It is. And it, it probably means that... So actually, one interesting question, right? So does this invalidate Stripes? No. No. Okay, because that got asked, didn't it? Someone asked, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I've it seen that. It doesn't months. invalidate... It, it, if you own Stripes, then you've got a bit of a bit of more of a decision to make as to whether or not you actually buy this book. But yeah. if you own this book, you don't need Stripes. Correct. If you've got absolutely no interest in new stuff, or you bought the new stuff so you have the unit cards, then you probably don't need to buy this book. book. Yeah. You'd be like you'd be like okay. my friend who was still using his version one Desert Rats book in version three because technically he still could even by the points he was now paid a massive premium on everything because the points had gone down suddenly over the years. Yeah, I'm just checking the scenarios because we kind of always miss these, and I think that's a big failing on our behalf. Yeah, so because um, I'm just well, I was just reading the talking about them, we've we talked to death about the new book. Yeah. We I just, just read Tom's article about No Dice, No Glory, where they're running through the British scenario. I thought, oh, I've ever really got in the playing the scenarios. We should, we should yeah, rectify exactly. that. Well, it's because we've been playing so few games that we've kind of... Yeah. Do you remember that? Do you remember playing games? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Back in the day. Back in the day. I think, uh, I think so looking at the actual um, scenarios, all the forces them look the same. There's no new stuff in them. So I think the scenarios are the same as the original scenarios. The original one. Yeah. Um, Pretty sure. I'll get them side by side. And I say, none of the American stuff is different. It's all IPM ones, M60s. It's all like Stripes era stuff. Oh. See, interesting. In, do you ever look at the, I'm looking at the, the model, um, section and right with the apache you can actually build them as longbows yeah i think it's because it's um the original revel kit which has an option yes there's just... no game difference between the apache and an apache longbow yeah because not because we're massively outside the longbows time period otherwise right, it's, it's just a replica yeah otherwise it's just um, a bigger sponsor than one side and the radar which seems to be yeah what they've got there yeah, it's the radar. It's a very cool model. Mm-hmm. It's a very cool model. Yeah, it's also not really a black hawk, cool. though, is it? Oh, it's not a black hawk. <laughs> we don't talk about black hawk. We don't talk about black hawks. You're not allowed to proxy them. <laughs> I just, I, some people, we just. just, I just... <laughs> <sighs> There's certain things you can do to Eddie to wind him up. Yeah. yeah. So what is they? What have we got? Talk about it. so we've got M one A ones, which are big shinier Abrams, which are massively overpointed for the, a normal game. Until T eight appears, it's like uh, why why that game's really overkill all the Soviet stuff. Yeah. Well, if you play Nate versus NATO and you're having to play against other people's IPM ones and challenges. But other than that, it's just like, yeah, right now, the M1, if you're playing red and blue, the M1A one's just sort of sitting there being the big bully and hoping the enemy doesn't outnumber him and hit their sides. Is he going to mess up a, le- a Leopard 2? 
23 versus for armor 18 is, is definitely yeah. the best shot to doing it. So. Out of all the guns, I mean, obviously, it's something missiles can do. Is it, is it the same gun? Is it a Rain Metal? So it's the same gun, but the American one is a pip better. It's Tank 23. Oh, really? it's, got, it's got the silver bullet. There are oh, M8, yeah. whatever it was, um, the Pete Uranium thing round. Pete's Uranium. Mm-hmm. The, yep, the Pete Uranium. <laughs> okay. They've got the M1A1HC, then you take some more like the Pete Uranium, you sort of spread it around the armour, so everyone's yeah. got a nice healthy glow, and it's... Uh, yeah. Just don't attack at night. Yeah. Okay. But that's even more points. That's ridiculous. It is, yeah. Unless you really wanted to accurately represent a, a Gulf War era force when most of the Gulf War ones are M1A1HCs. I'm going to say that to me. Like, I, was, I was blissfully ignorant. To be honest, so the way differentiates a model is they put the APU on the back. But the APU is a pretty standard fit on I, everything from IPM1s through. So okay. I, I'm, I'm planning to put APUs on my M1A1s and just say the M1A1s not the HC version. As long, not, as long as you're not mixing it in an army, I can't see why anyone have a problem with that. Is that modeled on the kit? So the new kit has a resin APU that goes on the back um, of the engine oh. plate. If you look, you not... just see it on the um, page 27, they show it at the back. There's that big box. Um, see page 27? Yeah, it's on the turret. Yeah, no, on, on the on the at this point, it's at, it's on the hole. So if you look in the hole, you'll see. I see. No, I scroll down. There you go. Yeah, on the right-hand corner, it's got an APU with, with the trap, with the, the rear stoplight built in. Do you know what? It's almost as if they should put a list of all the things that visually differentiate in A1 and A1A. I know it'd be a really helpful guide. Yeah, so, so. Like, you know, like if I had a section that says know your Abrams, um, with a list of all the things that are visually different, such as having the auxiliary power unit box in the back right-hand corner of the hull, that'd be really useful. Well, you say that, but you didn't actually mention the cover plate, the CITV on the top turret. So it's not oh, a good list. <laughs> no, no, no. It's modelled. It yeah. is modelled. You can see it really. It's, uh, it's actually a piece on the sprue. That little circular disc. If you ever wonder what it was. It goes in the turret. It's where eventually on the M1A2 they put the commander's thermal site. Yes. And they knew it was coming, so they built, actually cut the hole in, put a cover plate on top, and it was there so you could upgrade M1A1 to an M1A2 later. For what? Military industrial complex actually did some forward thinking. Um, <laughs> is how hard is it to be a rivet counter now that things aren't riveted? <laughs> now you kind of like a. Kind of ceramically welded kind of counter, kind of ceramic. Call <laughs> <laughs> oh. look at the world like that. Lee's not a rivet counter. He has not been doing the air gulping enough. So there's been none of that going on. I'm my glasses uh. on, pushing my nose either. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think you'll find. Uh, exactly. Didn't start any sentence because I think you'll find. And okay. not to be picky, but so the M1A1 doesn't have the APU. As depicted as a model, no. <laughs> okay. In reality, yeah. like I say, it was to say it's something they fit into yeah, most M1s. Because okay. when you've got a jet engine, the jet engine is a really rubbish idle for fuel consumption. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? Yeah. Um, so my question is mm-hmm. <laughs> do I run my M1A1 Abrams in a semi realistic Gulf War type force? Mm-hmm. Um, I do I care enough that someone would come along and say, oh, they should all be in 1A1HCs? 
think I've answered my own question. Yeah. And if you do, <laughs> why are you playing them? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's just for the points. I mean, it's an... <laughs> So two M1 Abrams, mm-hmm. M1A1 Abrams are 28 points. Two M1A1 HCs are 36 points. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've got a question, Ashley. I can join in. I can join in. Um, how does it differ to the Marine Corps one? Because didn't the Marine Corps have a different, slightly different Abrams? We don't talk about the Marine Abrams. Don't talk about the Marine Corps. Oh. <laughs> Abrams. Do we not? Oh, I've just walked no, into no. a massive bear trap. Oh. Yeah. What's that guy's time? Yeah. Well, now. Right. So, in reality, in in the Gulf, the Marines used um, Army Ham. So they they used M1A1s and M1A1HCs that were from the Army stock. Right. And then after the Gulf War, they got their own version of M1A1 that was fitted for um, like deep wading and had various other modifications. But the ones they used in the Gulf War are basically taken from army stocks. They used to mix M1A1s and M1A1 HCs. But mostly they still the, use M60s. Oh, there's an M2 joke in there. Is that where M2s come from when you mix them together? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, a daddy M1A1 and a mummy M1A1. Exactly. You really love each other. Yeah. <laughs> Can it's you... Uranium. I mean... <laughs> Depleted uranium condoms. Oh, Just, uh... But I mean, so the HC has got like front armor 21, side armor 11, so it's just like, I mean, it can save a T55 from the side just at long range without having to rely, without having to rely I was going to say, I was going to ask that exactly what was the penetration of the T55, because if it can, yeah, 11's getting up there to be actually be survivable about being flanked, isn't it? I mean, yeah. What's the BMP2? 10? 10, yeah. So the IPM1 yeah. onwards can stop at BMT2. Because in my yeah, first scary. game with Team Yankee, playing against my regular opponent, Nathan, he basically went all crusader with his BMP2s, flanked me and, <laughs> and pumped flaming the all cannon fire into my flank and basically bailed three of my M1s, which then promptly ran. Now, that's when, that's when you start using your turret. <laughs> yeah. That's when you start remembering that if you angle your... You know, if they're going to get in your side anyway, yeah. you're much better off having a chance, a 50-50 chance of just being immune and tilting and, and positioning a turret in your hull to ensure that, you, you know, all the shots have a chance. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. You know, it's you've got to be careful that you don't expose a side to a higher AT, like a main battle tank, but if, if they're out of range or whatever, just... Rotate that turret, rotate the hole, and at least you've got a 50-50 chance of the ones that are at the extreme edges. Because the guys at the front, if they're in front of both of them, then obviously you're just going to bounce so, If you're using an Iraqi force from Oil Wars, for example, mm-hmm. yeah, and you're using you know, um, a US force from World War Three, America, yeah, you could do a Gulf War simulation now. Is it better to? Hmm, this is where it gets tricky, isn't it? Because this, you're going to get T55s versus M1A ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the T55s are going to be cheapest chips, and there'll be tons of them. Yeah. Yeah, and but you... it depends if you want, you know, in that. And it'll be that—that that is the, the problem of having a balanced fight. 
yeah. you know, the game isn't a historical simulation because if it was, you'd only play historical scenarios. And why would you bother? Well, yeah, exactly. It's designed. Yeah, if everything to... turned out like history, why would you bother playing a game? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's why when you turn up to a game of 100 points, it's supposed to be a, or whatever, it's supposed to be a balanced fight. And that's why you're going to have like three Abrams versus a butt ton of T55s because. Oh, I was more worried that you were going to end up with a scenario like uh, in favour of Nation uh, after T34 gate. So. Um... I think you're going to have to be careful. And that's, it's certainly, I mean, obviously, that is something that could happen. You get swamped by tanks. Because, like, like I say, the, the T55 more than not will penetrate the M1A1 HC Abrams if you get a flank shot. Now, obviously, it's slow firing, so, you, it's, so the odds will start stacking up on hit acquisition, that kind of thing. But you get enough, throw enough dice and you'll get enough hits. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, like I say, a platoon of four of these things is 74 points. So, the 100 point game. <laughs> You're not going to have, sorry, 72 points. You're not going to have that many M1A1s on the table. And because we're, gonna we're, not, we're not simulating the Gulf War here, so that T555 could be your face. The first turn isn't, right, take off half your army because I've just been spending the last three days walking over it with well, yeah, A10s yeah. and B52s. <laughs> That's where the simulation slash the balance game comes in. I mean, to be fair, the Abrams are going to be better than in Fate of a Nation because they're rate of fire two on the move and with yeah, the stabiliser... A bit of manoeuvring of a two plus cross to stay in terrain that makes your basic hit going to be hit on fives because of cover, sixes because of slow moving. You know, it, it all all adds up. Yeah, the two plus five is slightly easier because thermal imaging doesn't work quite yeah. like how. Because in reality, it was like you know they're shooting these things through sand burns to shoot tanks behind them. You can't quite do yeah. that in Team Yankee because that's not how they're... they're I don't running. know, I've seen some players try their line of sights. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, uh, I still, so I still think the IPM, the IPM one is the sweet spot of the Abrams. It probably is, but I didn't know the existence of that when I built my Abrams. Yeah. To me, it was like, oh, what's this weird little pop-pop gun Abrams? I want big bad daddy-o. Well, I still think they'll work. I mean, I think when we've talked about it before, you, you're just going to have to up, up the points scale a bit. Well, you, you just wanna... play that game. I mean, that's, that's what you said. You say that. So, yeah, like, we're playing a game. Let's play... I'm going to bring my big bad force mm-hmm. and then we'll see what happens. And then, I mean, people, even, even then, if you say, oh, it's a pickup game, so I don't know what I've got. Well, you play one game. If one guy massively wins, then pick the scenario that's going to make it harder for him to... Do that, yeah. Do that again. You know, if if the T fifty five swamp in and kill everything, then okay, we'll make it the T fifty fives are a defensive mission, and the low low bit stuck in reserve. Then you're waiting for reserve. All that force, yeah. And then, I've got yeah, eleven platoons in reserve. Huh. Then your Abrams are just driving forward, picking their fights, decimating a platoon at a time with highly accurate one hundred twenty mil fire. As yeah. in real life, because let's face it, as as in real life, the Iraqi force cool. wasn't known for its initiative and, and sweeping yeah, exactly. uh, counter-offensives. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it made it, uh, Saudi Arabia, that's about the highlight of our offensive operations, I think. So. <laughs> Talking about the formations, basically they've swapped in. It's, they look the same as with stripes, but instead of having just 113s, you can choose between M113 scout sections and mech platoons and Bradley's. Correct. So yeah, basically the formations are all the same boxes, but those boxes now have, uh, like I say, a selection between 
M3 Bradleys and M113 Scout sections, and M2 Bradleys and M113 Mech platoons. You still have the M901 eight tank platoon. You still have the M106 heavy mortar platoon as well. Yeah. And that holds true for both flavors M1 and the M113 combat platoon. Uh, sorry, combat formation. But the M60 combat team does not have access to the M3 because basically those two just don't really mix, as it were. They didn't like each other. There was, there was tensions. Yeah, there was tensions. M60 yeah. Where were you in Nam, Bradley? <laughs> you can't know, man. You weren't there. Um, so, speaking about the Bradley, then. What? Designed yeah. by... <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty tasty. Yeah, it takes the worst parts of everything, and then... Uh... So, I mean, yeah. I mean, basically, so the mech platoon is the same as an M113 one, except you don't get the option of that fourth dragon team. But that's Ooh. okay, because you've got four M2 Bradleys that fire t- spit tow missiles out, so hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tow made mate. Yeah. I mean, it makes for... I mean, it's, it's twice the cost of an M113 platoon. <laughs> but um, but it, it's probably worth it because you probably just got twice yeah. yeah. I mean, the trouble is, well, the trouble is there though. You go, okay, I've got these amazing armed personnel carriers, but I'm taking them in a formation with my amazing Super Wonder tank. Yeah, the points disappear very quickly. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I still think there's a place for the one one three because if if ultimately you, you don't really want to get drawn into a prolonged slugging match with them because they're still not super heavy armor, are they? No, you're very much, you're, three. Yeah, five on the yeah. upgrade. Five, you can paste extra armor add-on. Yeah, you're very much <laughs> going for um, the alpha strike. Yeah. You have these guys hold, hiding out cover. You you know you just stay concealed on the ground as long as possible, and then you alpha strike off four tow missiles plus everything else and just wipe out a company, and then you reposition. So you think this is a more mobile force? This isn't stand and hold your ground this has got to keep by moving. its nature an ife force should be more m- mobile battle so otherwise why have you got carriers why aren't you walking hmm, interesting. So, okay i think so I, I don't think you'd go defense stance with either with either m1 or m2 forces i think you'd go maneuver absolutely worst case because you, okay. you don't want those deep reserves kicking especially if you've got the upper armor bradley's and they're front five start yeah. set up but they look so much better than this that standard Bradley. Oh yeah. Plus, you know, if you're doing Gulf War, it has to be the armoured one, so you get back to that. Yeah. Oh but again, God. let's say if you tell your opponent you're saying it's models of the armoured one, but actually the entire force is unarmoured, be fine as long as you start mixing it. Nah, just spend the points. Oh, it's, it's, it's a great. point. It's a point upgrade for a. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, okay. It's it's like, there's actually no reason not to upgrade unless you really. I mean, obviously, this, this is a force that eats its points. You probably do want to go, actually, I can redo three points now. Sorry, hold on. Did you? Oh, three points is but one point per model. I was going to say, geez, if it was one point for the platoon, holy moly. No, it's one, it is one point for the platoon. Replace all the platoon. One point for the. What? Yeah. It's like the warrior was the same with its up armor. That is that is exactly the same points cost as three mine plows for the Soviets. It's totally equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> the hundred point system is once again showing its highlights. Yeah. Once again, yeah, I like it because it's a lot of yeah. like a character hundred. But uh... 
I have a, we, we both had engineering degrees. We, we can count to a thousand just so. Yes, just about. Yeah. That's um, only because you can go get your load of people's, you know, holding their hands up. That's the initiative. <laughs> I've, got, I've got Excel. I can just drag that cell down and tell you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> drag down hundred cells. There we go. Um, but the other thing this Bradley's got is the Toe 2 missile, which um, takes everything that looks like a Toe and gives it 8 tank 23 because it's got a bigger warhead. Yeah, it just does it to 11, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, so and that's going to be handled like seven, when that um, T-80 starts coming into the scene with eight front armor 20. Because yeah. that um, 20, anti tank 21 ain't going to cut it anymore. It's almost like it's designed to deal with that tank. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, we're definitely through the looking glass now, aren't we? Where you're saying AT21 just doesn't cut it. You know, this yeah, is, sorry, this British is a different players. beast. Those <laughs> Milans those Milans aren't gonna be doing what, you anything. You were laughing whilst painting swing fires. <laughs> Who's laughing now? <laughs> it's nice because it means that things like your your ITVs can take the upgrade. Yeah. The important thing to note here is there's a rule that says if you take anything with a toe two Everything that can have Totu must take it. Again, you're ruining my day. Is, is that in your entire force or in that kind of in your entire thing? force. Yeah. So if you've got, wow. if you've got Huey, yeah. the Huey Cobras in, they have to be the, slightly, the more, much more expensive version of the Totu. Yeah, Totu weapons. A number of units have options to have Totu missiles instead of improved Totu missiles. If you take any units with Totu, you must take all options with Totu missiles in your force. Do you know what? I like that. Yeah. I like, I like that as a rule. That's, that's sensible. Have you read the applique armour rule? Yes, since it's changed. <laughs> oh, is it the same? Well, it's teams like... with applique armour, front and side armour are 13 against heat weapons. Yes, that's, same, that's the same as warriors were. Ah, the same okay. that's, what I mean, that's what makes, like say, that makes those M2 Bradleys much more useful because absolutely worst case, they can assault a unit with um, like RPG-28s or um, laws and get away with it. And even the, even the RPG-7, you've got a decent chance against. So yeah, not I mean, exploding in a big yeah. fiery ball of death. I mean, they're, they're assault 4, counter-attack 4. No, apologies, that's infantry. They're assault 5, counter-attack 5. So it's not something you can be doing that often, but you do have it as an option if you yeah. need to clear something off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they come they'll have to make a test. Mm-hmm. So they're in a formation as well, the usual stuff. Uh, you've got your Hueys slash not Black Hawks yeah. are in there. So going uh, back to what you were saying about the M113 stuff in the place, I think there's still a lot of grounds for it on a competitive front because it's got access to the M1A1s, it's got cheap infantry platoons to give you a base. Mm-hmm. You can still take two platoons of M3, Bradley, so it gives you four things flicking out toes. And you still then have four M901 slots, which gives you eight more toe two shots if you want it. So I reckon the M1, I reckon the M113 mech, mech combat team could be sticking around for a while, just for the sheer amount of toe two shots it can put out, relatively cheaply. It just seems. I mean, the dragon's not not great, is it? As a... No, no, no form of dragon good. It's better than no anti tank guy weapon, but that's about all you can say. Yeah. So range so twenty-eight. You... It's just like at that point, everything's in range. Just shoot, stand back, and shoot you. The T fifty-five's going. <laughs> I look yeah, unusual. <laughs> <laughs> look at me. 
I I just think that yeah, sometimes um, the APC stuff really all you. I'm just thinking back to your M113s with like MG fire. Like you just you just, that's that's your support that you don't really really want the um, tank killy stuff on a chassis that's got a, an armor value of three. Correct. Because everything can kill armor value three pretty much. Um, I mean, so, yeah, I mean. If you want to get defensive, it's the one, it's the one to do it with. Because, like I say, just go sit down, um, send all your M113s to rear if you really worry about them, or put them in covers so and use the 50 cows when you need to. And, like I say, just max out all your four point M901 tow two platoons, and then your um, your six point M3 platoons. And just like that's a lot of tow fire with enough points in the bank to buy at least three M1A1s. So. Yeah, and you just light them up. Yeah. Line them up. And the infantry, like I say, will help protect the flanks of those tanks as well because yes, the enemy might have mass T fifty fives, but the T fifty fives and this pair of points have bazooka skirts, so they ain't gonna be trying to get past all those laws. Yes, uh Well they they are nice road bump as well, because you want to keep stuff at arm's length, don't you? So the more distance you can put between you and you know, your opponent, you've got the range, you need to maximise that, so I think infantry's definitely got a place for the yeah the the higher end super tank. Yeah, yeah. So like I say, Huey 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 formation, Blackhawks. If you can bother what fun rebel kit. Um, no real change here, apart from the fact their tow um, platoon four that platoon of four Humvees with t four toes can now be tow two, yep. which is um, obviously a change. And obviously that little scout platoon they can have, which has another two toes, can also be tow two. So nice. Oh, so they still got the Sheridans and they got their anti-tank 23, sorry, anti-tank 22 Chalet missiles as well, so. Um, yeah. Like I say, I like the little infantry platoon. I use it in my armoured cav, so it's, um, it's a good way. Ubiquitously useful, I think, is the, uh, I think it's quite cheap again, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good way of getting some cheap infantry in the game. And you can team it up with the new boys, which is a ninth, um, ninth motor infantry division. So infantry division. These, motor these were the, these were the sleepers, weren't they? Yeah, so he's kind of nowhere when that um, when that force card got revealed. Then was going, what? Because yeah. <laughs> they were a real thing. They were messing around with, like, say, trying to make a a, a deployable force that still had um, maneuverability. So you had like like sort of tenth mountain, eighty second, one hundred and first, all light infantry, but all very much foot infantry. And what the ninth was meant to be was take that foot infantry concept, have a force you could rapidly deploy with like um, C5s and C141 style lifters, yeah. But have a certain amount of ground mobility by having them mounted at at first June buggies, and then when they realised just how bad buying a civilian June buggies and putting a massive tow missile on it. Um, <laughs> Humvees, which you can still put quite a lot of Humvees in the back of a C-141. So and that's what we have here. We have a infantry formation, yeah, which has up to three platoons of infantry, which have, if you go for the biggest one, ten Humvees, carrying six saw teams, one M60 team, and three dragons. Oh, that's a lot of firepower. <laughs> I mean, also, that's a lot of money spent because that's like, you know, those six, those boxes of six Humvees wrap up really quickly. <laughs> or you try and find all the Ryan Levinex boxes and buy, have lots of M60 tanks as well. Yeah, suddenly got a lot of marine tanks. Yeah. 
Israeli tanks. Or Israeli tanks, yeah, against Israeli players. Um, they also have a fire support platoon, which ha- is basically the towed um, tow missile platoon, four toes. Um, a Humvee scout section, which only has it has four Humvees, but only one of them has a tow. But two of them can have uh, miniguns, which put out yes. like, which put out eight shots a turn if they're not if they're static. So lots of burrt. See, what's the moving rate for those? Is it through three? Uh, just try, just try to find the stat card for it as we speak. Because I, th- um, I don't it, think it's half. Sorry, it's seven. And it drops down to four. Seven four. It's only eight yeah. tank two and firepower six. But if you oh, can, just, like Soviet entry out in the open, just go hold down the trigger button and drain the, the ammo hoppers. It's like brr. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, oh, even yeah. even so, mo- moving, that's a lot of firepower. Yeah. Oh, well, yes, yeah, it's, de- it's it's definitely a lot of firepower. Um, I'm just trying to quickly work out my head what what formation is at the moment. What points cost? Yeah, 36. It's like, so, 41. 45 points buys a full light infantry formation. Mm. And that's got a lot of miniguns. Four toes. And four of the other things, which is the RDF LT assault gun platoon. The GI Joe tank. The Mauler from yep. G.I. Joe, Action Force, as we call it. Um, <laughs> which is basically like a Super Sheridan. So I can't decide if I like it more than the Sheridan or not. Because it's the um, same armor, 421. So it's got a box. It's skill free, which is a big improvement over Sheridan. So you can do lots of blitzing and hiding and stuff. It's got Hammerhead, because it's gunned on these one of the prototypes, had like an elevating system to so put the gun above the hedge line. And the gun itself, still got range 40. It's rate of fire 2 static, but it does drop down to 1 moving because there's no stabilizer. Yeah. And it's anti tank 19, firepower 3 plus. So it's good against all those cheap Warsaw pack tanks and BMPs. It's bad against certainly the T64 onwards, where you just start going ping, ping, ping. And its mobility is okay. Okay, but it's not like an M1A one where you can say, all right, I've only got a 105, but I can get on your flank and I put that 105 where you hate it. It's yeah, it's just... a cross-country dash, though. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. It's 28. I mean, it's 28. It's, it's, you know, it's not like a chieftain, but it's not much better. But how many chieftain. points is it? Um, nine points for a squad of four. So it's dirty. Yeah. That's, if you met it... Information? Information. So you have a formation with three platoons of RDF, and an infantry platoon and a scout section, or you can have one platoon in support of the light motor platoon or the light attack platoon. That's all formation. I, I just think you're taking them because they offer you, a, you know, a, a legitimate um, light vehicle killing threat that's not a missile. Yeah, I don't think I'd take a formation, but I would take no. a platoon as support one of the other two formations. Uh, yeah, formation would be tricky. I think. I think you'd have to. You'd almost have to use them like tank destroyers at that point, but mm. without the super heavy, you know, gun to take yeah. out the the big threat. Uh, yeah. and I think are, they're really interesting, though. They are really interesting. Like I say, I I, can't, I do like the light attack company, which is um, what um, I get. I guess right, uh, right the other day, but which has. 
basically three platoons of the light attack platoons, just all that say, all the mini guns and grenade launchers and M2s. You then have two platoons for towing missiles, so that gives you eight tow two shots potentially. Then you've got a mo platoon to give you a big blob of infantry plus more machine gun fire and mini gun fire. A scout section gives you another tow, a spearhead move, and more machine gun fire. And RDF, which obviously gives you that little bit of light anti-tank, but also has machine guns, you need more machine gun fire. <laughs> so if your <laughs> if your local meta is like um but Basage Infantry that Duncan really bought loads yeah. of. Then that's the thing where you go, oh, you bought Basage, that's good. I, what you got? I've just got lots of Humvees. <laughs> yeah, I've got miniguns. Many, many miniguns. I've got more 76, more 76 two rounds than most US police forces. It's like... <laughs> most, but not all. <laughs> so if I'm making a Generation Kill-inspired horse... So... That's like a, obviously Generation Kill is like doing a 2003 US Marine Corps um, Humvee yeah. thing, and the way they use them, I'd be inclined to try and mimic it using a light tank company. So lots yeah. of like little like Humvees act as light tanks and then infantry. And you can always take um, a US Marine Corps rifle platoon in support with its like um, helicopters for that, you know, get some US Marine Corps infantry, but obviously it would be a support choice rather than a formation choice. Yeah. Well, looking at the, I think the models, the kit's the same, isn't it? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't recall the Humvee having a minigun on the spruce. So I'm wondering if that's like a resin part. I'm going to have to get no, it does. does it? Yeah. I was going to try and reach across. I've got enough move on my headphones to reach well, across. Humble, or at least I know the M113 does. Yes, that does for the Vietnam era one. Um, yeah. I'll have a look after the podcast and see if the Humvee does. I can't remember. I'll just Google it now on the amazing website. Oh, yeah, yeah. Man looks thing up on the internet. Well, yeah, I know, right? But the thing is, it's so useful. The amount of times I've gone to this, I've been trying to build something, I've sat there struggling, and within two seconds of Googling it, it pops up to the Flames of War website. You're like, oh, that's, that's what that is. I know, I've just been lazy. I mean... Let's try to work out how many Humvee boxes you need for a light attack company. Are they, I thought they were nines they come in. Is it sixes? I thought it was sixes. Carriers is nines. Oh, is it? Uh, Not auto carriers. Not auto carriers. You, know, you, don't, you don't get nine of them. Oh, interesting. The Humvee Sprue, I am seeing a Mark 19, an M60, an M2, and a tow. I'm not seeing the minigun. So I reckon that must be a resin part they put in there with this, like the Stinger teams. Wow. Damn it. So you need six boxes of Humvees to do a full uh, light attack company. How many is Yeah, Who's got 36 Humvees and two, two thumbs? thumbs. <laughs> this guy! <laughs> Have you? Yes. Yeah, got 36 like Humvees. 180, qu- 180 quid before discounts. Is, uh... I did not spend that much on them. Oh, I see. Okay. So the resin... The minigun is a res is is attached to the gunner figure. Ah, so must have, yeah, they've redone the um the the resin spree yeah, because that definitely didn't have a minigun before, so they must have redone yeah. it. So they've got yeah, like the stinger, the guy's holding it on the mini. The minigun is the same thing. Yeah, so I I think I prefer this formation over the cavalry formation. So the cavalry can have I think four extra toes. 
you haven't got that ability of having inbuilt infantry. Just give you a formation, a bit of stability. Yeah, I think that's a big that's a big change. Yeah, but it's, I, it's, it's, a, it's a cool little. I it's a cool it's very different. It's a yes. really different force to everything else that's you know on either side. Um, and it's gonna look amazing in uh, a desert. It's gonna look fantastic. Yeah, put all those little high vis panels on the on the, on the flat back. Yeah. Some extra extra um, rucksacks and that kind oh, of I've thing. I've got a load. Yeah, it could be fully loaded down, rocking, rocking and rolling. And so go back and modify the suspension so it's actually higher up in the tank so represent it being, you know, sorry, it's like going a step too far. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the 15 millimeter suspension sag is probably a little too much, I'm not going to lie. Okay. Um, um, and I think the last of the new formations is next, which is the M3 Armoured Cavalry Troop. So this takes the M113 Cavalry Troop, throws with all the M113s apart from the mortars, and there's a one-for-one -one swap M3 Bradleys. And also, something that's really the M113 wants to do, from what I know, it lets you take a tank as a HQ option. Oh. Rather oh. than just being the Brad. So the M113 can only have an M113. Now, as I understand it in real life, the HQ for cavalry troop was a Bradley and a tank. So, bizarrely, you can't do that. You can only ever have the CO or the XO. You I can't see. have both. I wonder if there's like three HQ options in that page. I see what they're doing now. Yep. So, you've got the option of being M3 Bradley HQ, yeah. including both options of M3 or M3 A2, an M1 HQ of M1 and IPM1, or an M1 A1 HQ, in which case, you've got the, those two options. Now, bizarrely, cool. unlike the M113, there's nothing saying you can, you don't, you have to have the same tanks in your HQ That's as that. in your section. So you could have an M1A1HC HQ and then have M like bog standard M1s in the tank platoons to say points if you wanted to for whatever reason. Then have the HQ lurking around next to the M1s and saying, "I'll take the shot. I'll take the shot. I'll take the shot." <laughs> That's that's a, n a nice little touch, though, because uh, yeah. that gives you even if you don't take any anything else, that takes you you know you got some serious heat and power then as well. Mm. So I'm I'm a big fan of the armored cav. I was just waiting for the Bradley model to come along, and finally it's here. Cause I did start trying to do it the M one thirties and M nine ones. I just yeah just well, to just... so looking at the cavalry troop, you've also then got information mm -hmm. helicopter support. That's what, that's what I like. So the Armoured Cav is almost an army in itself. Yeah. You've got the M3 Bradleys, which are right, they're in pairs, but you know, they, they, got, they got concealed on the ground for a reason. You've got a tank platoon. You've got a, two artillery pieces in your, your mortars and your M109s. You've got infantry with a Huey, Huey infantry. Yeah. And then you've got a, a helicopter slot. So the only way... Times probably were taking helicopters in formation because it gives you something to bolt the formation out with. I'm never going to run away. Yeah. Those, and those, like I say, the Cobra now with a tow too, I think it's, you know, it's definitely worth considering. The Apache is really nice and, like I say, it's a four plus save. So combined with Hunter Killer, damn thing probably could be near unkillable. But I think that the, the H1, it's, you're paying a points premium, but I don't think it requires when the H1's got tow too. How how many do you get? Can you get like the full four in there as a yeah. platoon? Or... Yeah, so you get four, four helicopters in that platoon. Yeah, and you still have the other two helicopter slots. So that's as nice. I put, yeah. The, the closest thing to doing a NATO um, version of the leaf blower 
Let's go M113 Cavalry. Buy, buy your HQ, the two platoons of um, M113 for a mere, for, um, if you go, well, let's say you go toe two. So, so seven points, then M60 platoon, which is like dirt cheap. Yeah. And then fill out all, all three helicopter slots and Harriers. And there you go. There you are. That's my leaf blower. What's the toe twos? 20, do you say 23? 23, yeah. Yeah, that's nasty. Have an entire army of helicopters, basically, with a small tank platoon to go sweep up the remains afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. Then we're into the support with the aforementioned Apache. Yeah, so the Apache's interesting, maybe because <laughs> I can't, I feel like it's, it's almost doesn't feel like it's quite as good as it felt like it should be. I mean, because it's, all right, let's go to Pill Positive first. Four plus aircraft save on a helicopter hunter killer is a big thing. Yeah, you know, it's hard enough to hit helicopter hunter killer, and then Especially on fours normally. Yeah, and then you're trying to get then you got then you got a four plus save and then firepower to get. It's gonna be really hard to bring these things down without like the firepower free missile systems like Gecko, at which point you don't get the shots you get with like the cheap um, self-defense missile systems. Uh um, you got Ag Tank 25 on the missile, which is, I see, overkill, massively overkill right now compared to Toe and Toe 2. But when T80 <laughs> starts appearing, or if you're already playing other NATO players because no one went Warsaw Pact, <laughs> they don't appreciate cool Soviet tanks apparently, um, then you'll get that 25 actually to start becoming useful. I think. It's still being ready to fire one and still being halted for the firing. It's probably a correct reflection of doctrine. But when you do, so that, my problem with this is when you have copperheads on the, on the M109s, they can fire all four as a soon as gunner can walk the shots on with their um, laser sight. Yeah. Apache could do exactly the same thing. You just fire them, you just wait, fire, wait, fire. And then you just hit the first target, quickly move the laser to the next one, hit that. Move later to the next one, the missiles just go to the spots. I mean, it'd be hellish, though, to think of like a rate of fire 2 Apache or rate of fire 3. <laughs> yeah. And it's tricky, but you, you can fire, the, the site is stabilized. You can fire how far in the move if you got with, with, with training. Albeit, you can't be like jerking around, which is probably why it's halted rather than moving. Yeah, you don't want to be doing <laughs> I mean, halted is, is, you know, within a certain area of movement. <laughs> Especially when you can see we say halted, but we know the helicopters are popping up, firing and popping back down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's a big jump, but it's a big jump points too. I mean, it's like a clear six points more expensive than even the toe the toe to equipped Cobra. But it is a big jump in coolness factor as well. Uh, absolutely. I'm gonna buy I'm gonna buy four of these things in, I never put them on the table, frankly. <laughs> What's a Hellfire compared to a uh, an, um, Toe 2? Um, a really bad day. <laughs> so a Toe 2 is A-Tank 23. Uh, a Hellfire is A-Tank 25. Also, a Toe 2 is range 48, but a um, Hellfire is range 64. <laughs> it's but yep. its minimum range also goes up. It's range 16 minimum on the, on the Hellfire. Because oh, okay. the, the Hellfire sort of lobs up and then comes down. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's like a parabolic, mainly because the whole pop-up thing, clear obstacles, that kind of thing. So 
again, again I'm, I'm not entirely convinced you can't, the Apaches have a direct fire mode, so I think it's, again, probably a little unfair in the helicopter, but I think, the other, so the other weird thing is the gun. It's like, um, it, its range drops down from 8 inches to 6 inches. Now, it's got a 1.5 kilometer range. No, no for Afghanistan, you, you sometimes use a 1.5 kilometers of that. And that's not six inches on the table, even with the weird scale differences you get in Battlefront. Yeah. That's the chain gun. That's the chain, chain. gun, the mill chain gun. Now, it's, it's got a lower effective range than the Gatling gun, so it should be shorter. But the way they work, you know how the French, that French Gazelle works? You had split stats, one for static, yeah. one for moving, and the range changes. They should have done that to the Apache and should have retro, retroactively done it on the Cobra, in my opinion. Okay. You can fire those guns statically, and then you can maxim- use the maximum of their range statically as well. Yeah. And the whole not invalidating thing means they can't do the Cobra. I guess that's why they didn't do the Apache. Yeah, I, I think so too. It just makes the Apache go, uh, what? I can stand back and fire this gun off quite happily, and I can't do it here. And stat-wise, 8 tank 8, 5 power 5, yep, fine. It'll, ch- it'll chew through BMPs quite happily. But um, I'd say it's just that weird range six. It means it's really got getting a danger zone to to use it. Mm. But hey, you buy a patch, you're buying it for the missiles. The rockets and the gun <laughs> are very much secondary systems. Just on added it. on because that space, you know. And, uh, did, did you say how much? How many points there were? Um, there were six more than the Cobra, but uh, tw- uh, twenty-four points. For four. Six points each. Yeah, that's a chunk, isn't it? Mm. Especially an army that's already, like, say, chewing through points. Yeah. Just chewing the points <laughs> up. Until <laughs> I get through jalapeno poppers when I'm in Texas. It's like, it's like... Yeah. Just trying to figure out how I'm going to fit those M1A1s and some MLRS yeah. in the same list. It's like, try, it's like you start trying to do like, a battle of 73 Eastings, and like, uh, actually, I can't do anywhere near this army because it's just cost me too, like 300 points. It's like... Yes. <laughs> yeah. MLRS are amazing models, just brutal. Yeah. yeah, I mean, my problem is, like say, its anti-tank power feels, again, a little diminished against what he was doing, but so in reality, they get, like, mobility kills by basically hitting the engine decks and mobilising tanks. Yeah. And anti-tank free firepower fight doesn't quite feel like it's doing it. I mean, mm. I'm going to be interested in seeing how my British ones work facing um, Bez's Iraqis and Master Chief and Well, they're still um, they're, your Iraqis still uh, top armor too, aren't they? Yeah, you're fishing, you're fishing for, one. for ones exactly. Mm. That. Yeah. I mean, when, if you get those ones, you then try and get firepower fives to bear them. And yeah. although there's an argument made that the Bradley's performance in the first Gulf War was somewhat overstated against tanks, it was still were firing against tanks. It just feels like a little bit of a... So we think we're pro- all the American submunitions just feel a little underpowered against what they were meant to be. Yeah. Hmm. It wouldn't be so bad if they could, if you could do combined, combined salvos. He so dropped both minelets and bomblets at the same time, which is certainly something they could do. That'd be pretty devastating because it's the big salvo template as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And let's say when those T-55s bunch up, you get, you're right, you're fishing for ones, but you'll get some ones. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the other thing is you, <laughs> your opponent then has got to consider, at least has to consider them. Hmm. So if he's going to bunch up everything and give you, I don't know, 12, 14 tanks or whatever it is underneath that template, yeah, yeah you're right. You, you, 
you're going to fail too, unfortunately, with a firepower of five plus. You're statistically not going to do anything. I mean, it's great for counter artillery fire against hails. <laughs> <laughs> take those off. Uh, and take, so hails gone. Carnations on top of one, but I can still, I still reckon I can get uh, you know, kill at least one of those a turn. Yeah. Any um, infantry is not going to advance. Yep. Yeah. No. Uh, Passage infantry again. It's like refighting the Iran Iraq war would actually the American side be more active in supporting Iraq because Gibby. The Iranian player, unfortunately. Can I just point something out as well? Mm-hmm. That most people consider, through no fault of Battlefront, I don't believe, that 6x4 is the, the, the board size for this game. And my point, if that is the case, then why do they make a weapon system that has a range of 120 inches? Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah I, think, I think we've established over a few hours' worth of content that um, we think that Team Yankee should be played on a bigger board. Yeah, I think it's be lots of fun firing a ten-foot bob- artillery bombardment. Well, I think it's yeah, it's just it's just cooler when you actually have to worry about ranges mm-hmm. for some of the stuff. I oh, still don't have a range. I'm just saying now, if ever a team Yankee tournament, I'll be quite happy for players to call artillery on other people, other players' tables. <gasps> yeah, <laughs> one of the funniest things we ever did in uh, when I was working at Games Workshop, we we're playing a, a big me- mega battle. And another store um, in Guildford, and I think the Bromley, not Bromley, they're gone. I think it was Woking. The Woking store were playing another big 40k game at the same time of Apocalypse. Um, so we fired a Death Strike missile onto their table. <laughs> from Guildford. Like, oh, how's your game going? Cool. Yeah, is there anything big and juicy you want us to shoot at? So we were firing Death Strike missiles across uh, <laughs> in between towns. Exactly how Death Strike missiles should work, yes. Yeah, exactly. Not point blank range. Um, I always like to think you have that time delay on Death Strike missile, missile doing an orbit and then coming back in on this. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I've got the coordinates. Which planets do you want, sir? Oh, okay. Um, and then plastic warthogs. What? What? Yeah, so plastic warthogs. So you can still not, not use them on the table. Um, We've missed something. Oh. No, so we, yeah, there's one last thing to do, and we're going to get to in a second. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, I always want to do a tens more I do, but again, it's just so expensive. It feels like the AV8B is so much better. I mean, it's just a problem that right now that Maverick is overkill until, like, so unless you play red versus uh, blue versus blue, that Maverick is overkill, and you're paying the points for that Maverick. Yeah. Not not Top Gun Maverick, right? No, not Top Gun America. He was Navy. <laughs> It's, it's just a lot of points. Hmm. Segway. Yeah, talk about Navy. Here's something that belong, that's part of the Department of the Navy because the Marines fond of that. Yeah, it's the Marines. They get bugger all. Um, they get tow twos. So, and, yeah. And... Oh, they're tow twos and they get, because just winding Lee up is always fun, um, the Lav AD. <laughs> which is, uh, yeah, as as the as the Warsaw Pat player who who was told we couldn't have era because it didn't exist in 1985. Um, yeah, <laughs> the Lav AD, which is a sister, which is basically a Lav chassis with, to be fair, a turret straight out of BattleTech um, on it because it's got a 25 millimeter Gatling gun and two pods of Stinger missiles. It's got everything in it. It's like, yeah, it's, it's like a child's glued some extra bits on. 
It's like a fancy, particularly fancy stinger platoon from the box, shook it, threw a lab box, shook it again, <laughs> and here's what came out the other end. And the problem with live AD is, apart from the fact it's massively anachristic and um, they only made 19 of them reality, is they, it basically takes the same slots as stinger. So if you want to do <laughs> a true U.S. Marine Force without any U.S. Army support, you still only get one air defense platoon, but you now have two choices. Right. It just like, this feels like a bit of a kick in the balls when like, we haven't got the M1A1s. We haven't got the cool Humvee-mounted infantry. We have to borrow the U.S. Army ones. We, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we've, got the, we've got the Huey model, but we don't have the, we, the actual Gulf War era Huey firing off Maverick missiles as well. It's just like, okay. So we really are the gingerhead stepchild of the U.S. forces here. It's just like... Mm, poor Marines. Yeah, it's it's they got lots of cool stuff. I don't think take away the coolness. Like the lap platoon, especially with Toe Two on that little four tank lap platoon, is really cool with a hammerhead. The right U.S. rifle infantry are still fearsome. I still like the, the little cool, um, you know, tractor, their um, amphibious tractor vehicles. Yep. Yeah. It just feels like you've done all this other Gulf War era stuff. I don't understand why you didn't put. A U.S. Marine, like you don't even have to have it as a U.S. Marine Corps. Have an Army M1 platoon as a support option, yet yeah, along with the M60 in the in the rifle company. I don't need a whole new M1 formation to give me what remount one or something. That's the way you re-represent the Marines. <laughs> it's just like you know, give me that option of having that M60, and give me the option of having a U.S. Marine Corps rifle platoon support that um, fire support formation, so I can have. You know, U.S. Marines riding around. How about here's a really controversial idea? We have some sort of command card for Team Yankee that does all this. I mean, Pete says Pete can't says it says he can't come up with ideas for t- command cards in Team Yankee. There's two right away. P- checks are payable too. No, I'm pretty. <laughs> yeah. What I'm taking away from this lady is is you're quite ambivalent towards the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't play U.S. Marines. I have I have no dog. I have no dog in this fight. I just feel I just feel really sorry for him because it's like, well, I'm I mean I'm guessing like Wayne and Phil just feel really tired by the time they got to the back end of the book and fought for in the force. Well, they're probably just hitting. I mean, how many pages is this thing? A hundred and something. They're probably hitting the limits of page yeah. count. That's why I'm saying you don't need to make it a whole new formation. Just add them as box options on the boxes and explain the rationality of it. But what, like, what would be the difference? If you, you said about taking support in 1A1s, what would be yeah. the difference to adding an ar- the army platoon? What would you having, expect to see? Having a damn near vulnerable tank platoon as, a, as in formation support. That's going to make us, you know, it makes the support your formation more sturdy. Yes, you can do it by having it as force Oh, support. okay. I see what you're but, saying. You need but force support. But force support doesn't help you. No. no. It's, yes, that my tank platoon hasn't ran. Unfortunately, the rest of the force has. It's a little consolation. I, I, I mean, think mm, yeah. rifle, having US rifles as an option in the light support company, that is, that is not a T. I could go either way and that I could have that as a force support option and still have all those Humvees. It's just because the generation kill itch is there, basically. Yeah. But having the M1A1 in as an option just seems like it could have been done with no modification to, but other, than, other, than a new, other than a new card for the rifles, which they need anyway because you've got labs in there. It doesn't invalidate anything. You know, if you've got stripes, you just haven't got that option, or you can just agree with your friends who are using the one you know exists because of the book. 
it just, I don't know, it just feels like a missed opportunity just to make everyone happy. I'm not sure the aversion is to command cards either. Because um, Team Yankee was obviously the precursor to version 4. You know, that's where they changed the system and, and learned a lot. And I think they've learned a lot through version 4. And I think the command cards have, I think we, we can all agree that they've got steadily better. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, more useful and actually, you know, not essential, but certainly adds flavor. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, I, I appreciate that not there's probably not that um, unit diversity in 1980s. You know, everything's a bit more vanilla, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what it can be. Yeah, so command cards made me me being facetious. I just think, say, if he just put the option on there on the on the on the box, it would have done. It would have satisfied the US Marine players. All right, there'll be some saying, "Oh, why can't I take a formation of you of M ones?" This is like, okay, at that point, take a formation of M ones and just take the rifle, you know, the rifle platoon as force yeah. support. Yes, it, yes, it would be nice if it was in formation, but that is. It, it's but the, the other way around is a lot easier to integrate and could have been done, and yeah. So yeah. overall, though, as a book, what do you think? Um, oh, yeah, I, I think it's nice we finally had to Bradley. That's the main thing. It's if you, I think if you've got stripes, you probably don't need to buy this book. Just go and buy the unit cards or buy the new stuff that has the unit cards in the box. Um, if you're new to Americans, it's definitely a, a book worth buying because obviously you have the scenarios, the painting guide. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. those haven't changed since stripes. So if it's all you want is lists. The unit cards are probably doing it just as good. Yep. So yeah, that's my. This, like I say we've got a preview of the new starter set coming up. Although I still hate it because it's got a, a weird mix. But a forty, if it's really going to be forty quid for that amount of stuff, because you got yeah. three M1s, two M60s, two M3s on the American side, so it's not a legal force. Okay. On the no, Soviet side, because it's the. the... No, it's not a legal force. There's no way you can make that a legal force unless you buy two boxes, at which point it's really easy to make a legal force. Oh, oh, because you've got M60s and Abrams together. No, because yeah. in, in the... Oh, there's only two M60s. Correct. Well, you, you oh. could have... That's, so that is a legal platoon. Two M60s is a legal platoon. Oh, yeah, so you have that as a... Form... But, you, but you haven't got a legal formation because you, uh-huh. you need two tank platoons in your formation. I, I can't understand why that isn't five Abrams and two Bradleys Versus seventy eighties and two BMPs. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't know why they split the tanks. It's just, it, it, it's like why, why would you not have your start box be a, a, a small unoptimized legal force, but the emphasis on the legal. Just trying to figure it out. And yes, you could buy you could buy two boxes, split the boxes your friends. At which point, you could do a HQ, two platoons of T eighties. And a support platoon of 60-64s plus the four BMPs. The American guy can do a HQ. I'd go for M1A2 at this point. M1A1A1 HC at this point because obviously support brittle platoons are going to be a thing. HQ two platoons of two M1A1s, a platoon a support platoon of four US Marine Corps M60s, and two scout sections of M3s. Yeah. So that's that's an equal outlay, but it's just like the whole split tank thing just makes it. 
a lot more awkward. Even even doing the buying two boxes, it's still awkward. <laughs> I'll buy two boxes if they were all the same tank. Like... You shouldn't have to buy two boxes of a starter force to actually have a force. No. That's not the point of a, a starter set, surely. I mean, hit the beach wasn't it? I mean, hit the beach, you could take buy one box and just add on to it quite easily. Yeah. It's, it's a different dynamic, though, isn't it, between the two games? Well, it's not that different. You still have legal forces. Yes. <laughs> still, legal forces are still a thing in both games. However, I will say the American Starter Force box set is much better than the British Starter set because it actually makes a sensible force. So that's um, two Apaches, three M109s, uh, four, BM, um, four M3s and two platoons of two, basically. And then a uh, H- HQ oh, and yeah. a four tank platoon of M1. So it's, a, it's, a, it's armored cavalry, basically. Yeah. That's all information apart from the Humvees. And the only oddity of it, basically, is the four Humvee scouts, actually four Humvee stingers, because I say, like, why you take... In the army, it's already got two spearheads. Why are you taking another spearhead? It's like, take the stingers, give yourself some air, air defense. So I hope the stingers are included, because otherwise it's like, okay, that's a bit weird. <laughs> I mean, 70, 70 quid, it's a, pretty good, it's a pretty good deal. I mean, obviously, the tanks alone are 30 quid. Then you've got yeah. the Bradleys. And the Chapels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Battlefront have been, those new starter sets that have been coming out have been, get, again, like the Command cards have been getting steadily better, I think, as well. Yeah, the British, the British one was a, was a bit of a disaster. This, this American one's actually, I like this. I like the American one. If I didn't already have all that stuff apart from the Apaches, I'd be, um, and the Bradleys, I'd be all up for it. I just at this point I've got enough M1s. I don't need any more M1s. <laughs> I've got the, as much as I hate the model, I've got the resin M1, and I'm going to have, I'm going to, have to paint that before and justify buying any plastic ones. So I'll, I'll buy a box of Bradleys, and that's my army upgraded to Gulf War, basically. <laughs> so yeah, American book. It's it's worth a purchase. So I need to get painting my Humvees, my M1A ones. Oh God. I'm, I, I bought... Uh, and then I bought, all the T-72s for you to kill. Yes. I bought, I bought M1s as a day, day one purchase from T-Neck came out. And I've never, and all the Americans that I painted was Cobras, and that was it. So it's about <laughs> time I actually did some of these Americans. Yeah, there you go. Americans. In only an hour's worth of frothing. Yeah, who said it was going to be a short show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to cover in the new team Yankee book. Apart from new stuff, of which there's quite a bit, to be fair. You said it all before, <laughs> the paraffin new stuff to say. It was my fault because I got Lee going. He did. I asked rivet cut questions and then, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so who wore it best, D Day edition? So we get to compare the three D Day books and each make a case for what we think is the best book and why yeah. it's the British one. <laughs> Lee sets his stall out early. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's obviously the 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 German uh, or the American no and the British one. Uh, y- yes. Yeah. So we we have three oh. options here. We have the American book, which was the first one to come out. Yep. The German book, which came out next, and then we have the British book, which is the last one. And then on the horizon, we have the SS book. But since that's going to be pretty much the same as the German, just some weird skill changes. I think we yep. can just say yeah. Dubious sideways looks. Yeah. I think I think the first thing to say is actually these three books are actually very good. All of they them. Are, they look really good on the shelf as well because they are so thick. <laughs> in in like a middle school uh, sports day, everyone's a winner. Um, 
Especially if you consider them to the very first B4 books. Yeah. If you look at the way they've come along mm-hmm. with the command cards as well, I, you know, credit with credit's G Battlefront, they're, they're pretty good. Yeah. I said they are, they are a big improvement. They, they fix all the things I hate about their um, mid-war books. So. Listen to the first middle, the first no caveat, the first middle books. Like I say, from from the American book, the Italian book yeah. onwards, the middle got a lot better. So it's just that the British and German books were a bit of a frustration. Yeah, Africa. I think yeah, Africa Core was. I think the polite expression now is of its era. <laughs> well, I think to sidetrack a little bit to the discussion. I think that was kind of because they knew they could kind of fix Africa Core with the other German releases. Uh, yeah. being charitable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there wasn't going to be another British book. There wasn't. Well, yeah, after they had to, <laughs> after they fixed the first one, you know, there wasn't going to. They knew they weren't going to revisit the Brits for mid-war. No, so, and, and Armored Fist is a is a very good book. Yeah. So you know, corrections aside, and to be honest, even even you know, um, what you call it, Desert Rats wasn't exactly. No, no. hope it was just mm-hmm. wasn't as good. But right, yeah. Firstly, we say what each of our free selections is, and then we'll justify it afterwards. So I'm going to say, like, say I'm going to go first. My my selection was a British, Duncan. Mine's the US, and Eddie, Germans. Right, I could. So we are going to be talking about each one. That's the first thing. <laughs> and that's it. End, end of conversation. Yeah. Right, okay. So I'll go first and justify why it's a British book. Um, Churchill Crocodiles, end discussion. Right, there you go. Uh, <laughs> oh! No. And, and some ABR. Wow. So, a pet card in it. So, yeah. Mainly, uh, actually, so my, actually, realistically, first things first, it gets us a, the British Paradise, which has been waiting for ages to play again. True, and it does it in a way that's actually two points effective because it, though it's not a true veteran, it puts the veterans in the right places to actually mean you're cheaper but more effective. Now I think I, I think points for points, the British power troops would be more effective than the American power troops. Um, obviously we then have some really cool selections with the, with the, with the armor in terms of Churchills, who doesn't love Churchills. Yeah. We have. Cromwells, yeah, we have Christmas. Shermans, we have different Cromwells with um, Fireflies attached. We have Crusader AA guns, we have Stuarts. There's so much cool little kit here. It's not just all one flavour of Sherman. Um, we have armoured cars, we have universal carriers. We have an army of universal carriers if you play if you play the British rifles and do it and do it in the right way. It's we got obviously the M10 something pounds is better than a stock M10, but it hasn't got the American special rules. I just think it's it's the better, at the very least, it's the better of the, of the Allied books. And I think for taking the lessons of the books that went before it, it's actually a relatively complete British book for D-Day. Yes, you haven't got some of the fringe stuff in, like you haven't got Challenger, but there's like a handful of Challengers and right at the end of the D-Day campaign. We haven't got Tetrarch. Yeah which is a personal blow, but ultimately <laughs> they were a bit of a disaster in real life. And you know, it'd be nice to have a, a unit card just so I can use them. I'm not going to overly lose it about them not being a book because I can't see it being a huge thing. 
I'd say the only real disappointment in the book was Typhoon, simply because being trained means it's rockets just are a yeah. bit there. I really think it's that... The typhoons have been doing raid missions along the, you know, the along the coast since like nine since they went to service basically first with bombs and then with rockets. You know, it's a fairly combat ready force. They really should have been veteran. Um, uh, so that's, that's, if I, that's about my only disappointment in the British book. It was a typhoon. I think, like I say, initially I was shocked by the powers being trained. When I sat down, really looked at it, and I think Eddie brought me around on this. Actually, it did make them yeah. better than the American powers because they are cheaper, but still just as good in almost nine out of tens of situations they go come across. Bizarrely, the only thing a knock is digging a hole, which, given how good powers are, holding ground is a bit weird. Um, other than that, like I say, the book largely hit my expectations. It largely did everything I wanted it to do, and it had room for all the cool stuff I expect in the British Army, all the quirky stuff, like no, they're um, funnies. AA, Crusader AA guns. <laughs> um, the only thing it hasn't got was, jal- was Jalopies, a proper armoured car list, like into court with all the Sornos and that kind of thing. But I think Sornos yeah. are market gun anyway. I guess I'm holding out here as well, but when we get to it, they cover off Market Garden some way with the next British book. I was kind of hoping there'd be at least some options in here to do Market Garden formations in the d-day book they haven't done it here either we get a card pack do it later or we do it in the next british book i think they said on the twitch Mm -hmm. they are doing a market garden card pack okay okay i think i missed that in my type up someone corrected me on the facebook page Uh, okay right fine yeah so that's that's my that's my case um for the british book i agree with most of that um, but it is beaten by the German book. Sorry. Well, make a case. Go on. <laughs> so the, it, this is the total nostalgia cop out because I love all three books and there's things about all of them. But my very very first book was um, I forget the name of it now. Villas Bocage, which I picked up from Hobbycraft when they were still shipping stuff, mm-hmm. and that obviously had the Battle of Villas Bocage, which had. Um, yeah, your Cromwells versus your Panzerleer. And I remember how confusing it was <laughs> trying to figure out how to actually build an army from that book with the way you every combat unit allowed you to have a weapons platoon, but then you had support as well. And then the Panzerleer themselves were a weird, different you know, organization to a normal Panzer Grenadier platoon. And I got myself confused every which way from Sunday trying to build a force in that book. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to come repeat, you know, I thought, oh, I could do a Panzer Grenadier army from the new German one. I could get, I'd say, 95% of the, of, of the same list with 10% of the effort. The real reason, you know, that, that, that's, the, that's the, the fluffy reason of why I love the, the German D-Day book, but also just, you know, it, it lets you do such a wide breadth of forces in terms of the play styles. So you want to do a static gun line with, you know, you've got your beach bums, 
with your, your packs and your flax and everything else in between. You know, you want to mix it up and then maybe have a real headache and make those flak bunkers. You've got that option. You've got your big heavy tigers that you can finally rock and roll and go blitzkrieging through hedgerows if you really want. You've got your unsung heroes, the Panzer Fours. It's just got a little bit of everything. And it actually enables you to do quite a lot. All from, you know, the, the, the six or seven lists that are in there. I don't know what I'm going to do about crocodiles other than cry. <laughs> yeah. The universal problem that is a crocodile. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe break out more. And what's the front arm of a crocodile? Uh, many. I can't many. remember now. I think you need an 88 of some variety to go through it. I think. Yeah. 80, well, yeah, pack 40, 43s, maybe. I think they should do, they should yeah. do the job, right? I think it's 12 or 13. It's, it's, yeah. More than enough to shrug off a, a 75 from the front. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a good a, a good selection of stuff in one book, really. You know, and, and no matter how good your US and uh, British books are, if they haven't got a sort of fight against, it's going to be quite a short game. <laughs> hey, Monty's there. I'm sure they can find a way to to fight. <laughs> a way to, to get aggressive at each other. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think the American book is the best uh, simply because uh, it was the first. You know, late to the party, first to the shore. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the, it 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 set the benchmark very high. I think the the point there was it's like the British book. There was some omissions that you know um, will be rectified. I'm pretty sure in the future. But things like the M18 um, not being present is the big one for me. Um, yeah. Not a huge deal um, at all. To be honest, uh, a bit like the powers, you know, once you sit down and look at it and go, well, I'll use N10s if I have to. There's not that much different at the moment. Um, and it was the first time we'd seen all of the command cards for all of the variety of different units that were there. Yeah. So not massive boosts, nothing, you know, earth shattering a lot of the time in terms of the cards, but you, you could legitimately play um, something the rifle company became the building block for you know about 10 different units and, and you know and the the force was also that that first um that first moment where they had that veteran force versus the standard chairman force and i thought that was that was extremely well done yeah. so the fact that everything came in regular and veteran um flavors if you like um it just made everything there were so many permutations you could play and i think that's still the thing i'm finding out with the book is that every time you look at it there's a different thing you could play that um, is interesting. It might not be the most competitive in the world, but it's certainly interesting. Yeah, and I think that's the, the sort of benchmark, if you like, of a good book is that there's more than one way to to actually utilise that right. force yeah. and stand out. Yeah. And like you said, from very limited resources, you've got a, a rifle company, an armoured rifle company, Sherman company, um, and then what tank destroyers? Oh, and Stuart's, I guess. There's only like five actual companies. Once you take out the veterans and regulars, it's, you know, limited building blocks. But like all things, simplicity is sometimes uh, 
the best way to get the result. Bad. High caliber artillery. High caliber artillery. And actually, um, the Thunderbolts uh, are not a letdown like the Typhoons either. No. They actually, they actually feel like how Typhoon sh- uh, Thunderbolts should feel, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think there's there's plenty of plenty of things to explore in the, the American book, and I think that's what um, makes it great, just the, the replayability of some of those lists. Like I said, you can have an infantry formation and play it 10 different times in 10 different ways. That's why it is the best D-Day book. I think you had a valid point saying it was the first book out, and it had it's the one that had to get right for um, yeah. everything to sort of fall in place. And it did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think Eddie's got a point there. I mean, the, the German book followed on, and it, it feels like you can do a lot of the stuff you need to be able to do with the German book. Um, and the, the German formation page looks really bare, and I was terrified at first. But when you actually dig down into what they are, and when you look at your version three books, you can see that you know the lists are just slight. Yeah, you, know, you, you think oh, there's twenty lists here. Well, actually, there's only two, but. 10 of them have got one different support choice or that's a different, you know, slightly different model of, of tracked AA. Mm-hmm. I, d- I definitely feel like the the German and US book were developed together as well. I mean, probably for, you know, understandable reasons is that, you know, that they were, yeah. they had to have some opposition and obviously that's why the British came slightly later, but it feels like they were well balanced as well. You know, there's, there's options, nothing nothing feels completely over the top for either of those books. Yeah. God damn it, I want to play some games. <laughs> yeah. I want to play some games. It's just like... Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, we all agreed that D-Day, yeah, the D- out of the D-Day books, um, obviously, the, the British and the Americans won the D-Day during the war, so the Germans should win this competition to make it fair. Is that right? <laughs> No. no. Constellation Prize? Mm. Oh, hold on. No, actually, the Germans... I'll tell you which, which book wins. The 21st Panzer booklet. Oh, there you go. Yeah, on the outside. Controversial. Controversial. Does that go against the book because it wasn't in the book? Is that a, mark, is that a black mark which puts the Germans out of contention? Or is it the redeeming feature that you've got I, everything you need? I was very... You were inconsolable, Duncan. I was, I was upset. <laughs> there was the... Yeah, I don't... It's... It, yeah, that was a bit weird. That was a bit like Lee uh, and the, the, the veteran Paris. Yeah. <laughs> that was my... That was my... <laughs> I found my, my breaking point. Um, it just seems odd that it was left out or omitted from the initial book because, I mean, actually, when they brought out the PDF... It felt like it was just another chapter in there, if that makes sense. It's almost like it went to print like two weeks too early or something. I mean, uh, you can see why, because I understand oh. as much as it's weird. I do understand it as, as a as a formation. It's a niche of a niche. Who are going to go oh, out the models for those? Yeah, when uh, I read the review of it, it I think they last in that in that guys. It lasts six weeks. Yeah, you know, from, from the moment D-Day happens, the, the clock's ticking for it, and it's never the same again. Mm. Um, that's part of the appeal, I guess, is that you know it's so wacky. But yeah, I, I completely understand why everything's a resin vehicle as well. Um, it's just an, an odd historical omission. Yeah. 
and, and you know it was one of those things where you looked at it and actually you could make it from the, the, the building blocks that were there now you could you know totally proxy and everything else and just use the models to be honest i think but also i think that had they had a little bit more foresight i think it could have quite easily just been you know a little blurb one page saying the 28th panzer division were there blah 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 they're very unique and will be coming as a later supplement because they are so unique and that would have made everyone happy yeah because it would it wouldn't been completely like whitewashed out the book and not referenced it would have been you know and everyone you know newbies wouldn't because everything is you know like i was saying the ease of access to someone picking up the books for the first time you don't want to be sitting there going oh what i've got to buy all these weird universe all these weird stoic transports looking yeah. at the cost and going oh gosh when in reality if they look at the you know making a german panzer grenadier army it's quite economical tigers are even better it's quite, it's quite economical oh i've bought six i've bought six tigers or rather two boxes of tigers i have more tigers than i'll ever need uh, until yeah. comes along I, th I think that like you said there they probably should have been a reference i guess but that was that was a big thing that was missing for german i can't give yeah I don't know. It, it makes it difficult for me to, to say that the German book's the best. It's not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not. Yeah, let's make it clear. No, all three of these books are pretty are pretty decent books. Yeah. It's really hard to choose. I'm happy with them. And having played some games with them and looked at the lists, I'm, I'm even, I get happier every time I find something else. <laughs> no, no, I'm not happy at all that Lee's powers are actually like they are now because they're bloody horrible. <laughs> you need to get some Bubelwagens. Some what? Mo mobile wagons. <laughs> Some Which... mobile wagons. Yes, yeah, a machine gun. They're, they're running paras with. Segway takes us into our next section. <laughs> God. Loose lips. Yes. Yeah, loose links. Sink. Uh, loose oh. lips. Sink ships. With lip loose sink lips. I, I do like the idea that loose links might sink sinks though. <laughs> That's why we should. This is why we should have, have the guy with the procedure permit doing the blaze sections, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's so obviously last it was last Sunday when it, well last Sunday from when Sunday, recorded, yep. Um, Pete and Chris did another one of their twitches where they basically tantalised us mere mortals with what's coming up. Yes. And one of the things mentioned was a plastic kit to do the mobile wagon and for um whirlwind. Wind. Oh, was it? Did I miss that? Oh no, I, I, I that missed. That. <laughs> did you miss That's that true. as well? I forgot about that. No, I put it on there. I remember. Plastic kit for a mobile wagon. Yeah. Um, so mobile wagon, a weather wind, and presumably Ostwind. I don't think that's mentioned. Why wouldn't you do an Ostwind at that point? For the, yeah, the bulge books, wouldn't it? Yeah, so I presume it would be yeah. an addition, like like the um, M6, um, sorry, the 76 millimeter Sherman, it would be like an additional sprue that has those bits on. Drop onto a Panzer IV, yeah. Yeah. That makes so sense. Yeah, so just a turret. Actually, at, at that point, maybe there won't be an offspring because that's quite a lot of fit on one of those little sprues. But, um, mm, yeah. Well, no, because isn't the offspring quite similar to a Werbelwind? It's the same gun as the Werbelwind. So no, Werbelwind was, was, was a quad 20s. Yeah, they are. The Ostwind was the 37. I think the turrets are slightly different. They are the hexagonal yeah. and uh, one's um, steeper sided. Period. What? Yeah, I know. The um, <laughs> oh God, I'm not helping myself. Uh, I, I do. I believe that the 37 is the same as well. So if they are making the mobile yeah. wagon, 
it had yeah. the gun, but whether or not it had the right turret for it. Yeah, that's right. It's probably possible. So, let's see. We'll see what comes. Oh, oh, direct, direct order resin turret. There you go. Job done. Yeah, yeah, that'd work. There you go. You can have that off for nothing, Pete. Whee! Actually, yeah, thinking about it, it's, it'll be a different configuration as well, isn't it? Because the Oswin's got a single slot yeah. for the one gun, and the Werberwind's got two slots for the two. Um... To be honest, they could probably just use the existing freaking mould because the. Well, no, they need to change the bottom. <laughs> no, ignore that. I'm just thinking because the current, the, the current Werberwind um, is um, all the body, crew bodies are moulded in. You literally glue the gun oh, together. Really? glue the gun in and then you glue the heads on and then it's made oh god oh it's easy it sounds terrible but it's really it's all you want to be doing and having made the mobile wagon that's in like oh god plastic please yeah i got a bit sweary of those it's, it's an amazing kit because it's designed to have you can build it with the sides down the sides fully up or the sides partially deployed but because of that, you've got the metal door sides, and they also have these um, hinged flaps. No. Which you had no. to glue on as well. So, no. you know, yeah, it is a, a great kit for the options, but metal and resin is just a horrible medium for that kind of thing. If it's plastic, it would be so yeah. much easier. Oh, that's but it's, it's plastic kit. Although I've got in resin metal and painted and partially assembled somewhere. It's yeah, a kit I quite easily buy a plastic one just to have to deal with. Yeah, that. I've got four, which I did for the late late war um, Nachjäger uh, thing we did on the blog years ago, and one of them, the entire the barrels just snapped off completely. All oh, right, and that's made me really sad. What on the Oswins or uh, mobile wagon? On the mobile, the moving wagon. Yeah, moving wagon. Yeah. I quite quite happily see myself buying two boxes that one to the Weber Winds and one to the Mobile Wagons. Yeah, sad. Um, yeah, anyway, so... on our Facebook page, we've got a full write up of all the things that we could remember or I could remember at the time. Um, I did miss some stuff, but that's because I was having some lag issues and it's not as if he listed it out in a nice, clear, chronological thing. There's lots of jumping around. <laughs> and half of it is half of the fun is kind of figuring out what which bit that half remembered line went to. Mm -hmm. um, and then also some very strange questions from more gamers who want to know about all sorts of weird and wonderful things. Including one question I forgot I'd asked. I was going, ah, Lupino asked. Wait, I, I asked what? Yes, yeah, <laughs> Lee, you asked a question somehow. You asked a question? What did you ask? So when are we doing Polynesian Canoe Wars? No, I asked, um, <laughs> when, I asked when they're doing, um, if you're going to see the metal infantry. This comes back to our conversation a while back about Herman Goering. Yeah. If we're going to see some of the metal infantry come back, oh, so I, I was thinking yeah. like the Commonwealth rifle platoons, which is by far yeah. my favourite British rifle platoons, and obviously Herman Goering is the other obvious one. I think he mentioned Herman Goering by name of saying it, it's something they're going to come back as a special order of some sort. He did, but in a shocking news update on our also Facebook page, which if you guys haven't subscribed and liked the Breakthrough Assault Breakthrough page, uh, Facebook page, you should do so. Um, they have shameless advertising, but I figured if you're here, you might as well go do that. Because if you're listening to us, then there's actually much way more better content on the other, the other guys actually put up. And you know, um, somebody said on another thread that I think Evan said yes, the you know Pete was right. The the sculpts are coming back, mm -hmm. but they will most probably not be in metal. Yes. Yeah, so Not I suspect 
Well, soft plastic would be the thermoplastic. Thermoset plastic. Thermoset plastic. Is that the ones like the gun crews are at the moment? No, I think this, so. I think the gun crews right now are still soft plastic. Okay. Yeah. I think the only thermoplastic we've seen so far are the British Paras and the crews, the British guns. Okay. I, I'll, I'll, I'll so, come in the way yeah, my leg now. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I've got those, but look at them and say what they're like yet. Yeah. Well, I've just, as, we, as we've been talking, I've put together these 57mm tank, anti tank guns for the Normandy stuff. And... They'll paint up okay, don't worry. <laughs> Seriously, once you've painted them, you see people looking at these things going, oh my god, this is terrible, there's a big block fitting in here, and you go, okay, we'll paint it, and then see how it looks. Mm. And then, it, you just, we had this conversation about um, rhinos as well, there's some hobbyists who will paint the inside of every single rhino and then glue it shut, but because they knew it wasn't painted, it would have upset them. Like me, my lamb, my lamb raiders like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I but, mean, you can actually the land raid. You can open that front hatch, and it's so dark in you can't actually see anything. Well, can't see anything. Yeah, so <laughs> you, know, you need to install LED lights. Then at that point, that's the... oh, don't stop me. Yeah, it's soft car, and then you need to make it remote controls. So you can drive it around. Anyway, um, yeah. yeah. So the, the soft plastic stuff. Okay. I like, I like the metal models. There's nothing nicer than putting together a freshly moulded new release. But there's nothing worse than putting together a poorly moulded metal kit that has yeah. been the end of the line in terms of... The, the tired mould. The tired mould with mismatched faces that are 50% out and stuff like that. Yeah, but even then, file it down. It's 15 mil. You're not building a 132nd scale, 35th scale model. It's tiny. Faces, faces, something and something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and the faces is just a blob. Having painted some 28 mil figures for the first time in a very long time, I'd forgotten that. <laughs> yeah. Awful love detail. yeah, you have to actually try. Yeah. 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 We'll yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going uh, to read out the entire list because, like I say, it is on our Facebook page. So let's just yeah, pick yeah, yeah. What's, got you, what's got you excited, guys. Obviously, we've, we've all agreed we're all excited about the new plastic <laughs> World Wind Lost Wind. I'm very, um, I'm very excited about Italy. Italy, 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 Italy. Even if it's just a car pack, Italy. Yeah. Um, what was... Oh, was plastic, ma plastic mice, mouses. Really? Yeah. Well, I've got a few resin ones already, but... Because it's a mouse. Uh, uh, well, you don't have to get excited about it. I'm not, not, not going to force you to get excited about a mouse. Uh, just saying... <laughs> Of all the cool stuff on there to get excited about, you picked. Well, up. That's the only one I could remember that I hadn't talked about already. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, all right. Just because I created this stuff doesn't mean I actually know it. By default. And I just like the idea that the the fortress here is going to have um, potentially another life with the Italy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just the idea that you know you can use those lists and then manipulate them with the the card um, card packs and and off you go and you don't need to do a whole big series of books and. Everyone's happy. They were the, be they were the best free free books, those two books. I, I, know. Know. I, I know. I know, I know, I know. It's better than being not there present at all. What are we talking about? I'll go that. Italian book. Italian oh, yeah. Cards. They yeah. still work, though. All you need to do... Basically, I've just used them as a reference to then look at what you put into your mid-war, your late-war oh, yeah, list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So, I said I'm going to throw the damn things away. Yeah. <laughs> I had to reinforce my shelf because it was bending under the weight of my V3 and V4 combined collection. Let's see. Well, same thing because it's just on my monitor, so I can see the squares of my monitor and realize that the, this bat is they're starting to meet towards the middle. It's just like gently bowing, yeah. I'm surprised, um, though, because I thought for sure the whole promise of the S tank was going to keep you going exciting things. Well, yeah, but I've been the thing with that is that's been you know a long time thing, and until we've got it in my Hot sweaty palm. I'm not going to believe it exists. What, 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 is, what, what, what is this? You're a war game. You're not supposed to, you know. Um, I, I, I can't expectations. I can't be, you know, deflated again about an S tank. I mean, they're just. If they put the Swedes in, oh my god! Please just stick them in Team Yankee. Just be done with it. I think I'm looking forward to the plastic chaffy. I always wanted chaffies. I was put off, I was put off with the price point, but plastic chaffies is definitely yeah. something I can get behind. Late, late war. Late, late war. And late, also, late. also, the plastic sexton and Ramsbury they teased as being in the works yes. for the next British Ooh. book. So, yeah, that's yeah, cool. Cause I've got like some resin rams, but just having the sextons again. I mean, obviously, there was another source of sextons, but it's just like, you know what? If I can have something just both sextons and rams, that's going to be pretty cool. So, yeah. That'd be an interesting kit. I mean, obviously, the, lower, the bottom half is exactly the same. Mm. I've given up looking for my list. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, so it's just like... Uh, what would I like the most? Um, nothing, because you're such a cynic. Um, <laughs> yeah, everything. That's the problem. Plastic, plastic King Tigers, and that's definitely your, your bag. That, um, yeah. I, as much as I go, oh, I've already got some, and all X, Y, Z... Aha, I found it. There you go. I found the, the Russian guy who kept moaning about everything. When? When? When is this releasing? I'll oh, just read the list. It's not so much he's moans. He's just hyper-enthusiastic. Yeah, he's not moaning. I think it's, it's, it's a language translation thing and hyper-enthusiastic and wants to know that yesterday is not early enough. It's, it's like that <laughs> Simpsons gag with the two, where Lisa asked the two Russian guys playing chess directions. It sounds like they're being really, they're being really angry at her, but actually she's calmly explaining the instructions. <laughs> in Russian. <laughs> um, oh god, there's so much. Like, okay, so Bush Wars is going to be interesting. Plastic Centurions, the Berlin books. Oh, Plastic Centurions. Yeah, I forgot about that. We need to take the Mick out of Lee. Yep. Anyway. Um, oh, <laughs> Lee. I was just, just looking at the two Jordanian starter sets sitting on my thing going. Oh, I, I I loved you once, but now <laughs> now you're dead to me. Well, I mean, to be fair, they're not they're quite easy to build those ones as long as I, you don't I, get walked tracks. Get them open and find out if there's any walk tracks and get a claim in before they get discontinued. Yeah, I, th I think now I'm I'm also going to take this is if plastics insurance coming plastic M48s must be behind as well. So yeah. Oh God, no! I've got so many of them, and they wear a ton. It's not an exaggeration; an actual. <laughs> solid resin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, solid resin and metal sides. <laughs> oh man, I mean, yeah. So, plastic. Uh, I've lost it now. I'll keep looking at the no snipers in late war and yeah, the rape. Uh, yeah, exactly. Where, oh, where, no, where, Pacific US, specifically Pacific. Specifically US. Pacific. Yeah, the US and Japanese. 
Kovacs. Is that coming? Considering they're actually played, in fact, um, that proxy marine list you came up with, by the time we yeah, actually know. play it, it'll be out. It'll be it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it'll just take some time. Um, so that, the fact that they are doing uh, more metal and then maybe plastic storage, because storage is king. I do like Team Yankee American storage. Yeah, imagine a plastic spur of it. Oh, yeah. The, the storage just... Yeah, the tanks themselves are excellent, the plastic tanks. They're exactly what you want in a War Games model. Well, the storage, having res- yeah, the, the storage is what made the resin ones amazing. Yeah. So having the ability to add nicely detailed storage to a plastic tank is the best of all worlds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That that I couldn't agree more. Um, little little fiddly bits are where it's at. Yeah. And also the fact that he confirmed that Early War is definitely coming back as a book. Because it's got a little bit quiet. No, no, there's no answer of when, but the fact that it's still in the works. So Early War is going to come back... As, as a, a fake nation non-Great War book. So they're going to put all of... Oh, okay. Yep. With plastic support. Early War Desert and Early War... Well, I mean, there's not a whole difference between the the, the desert. You know, it's, it's, it will be the Italians would beg to differ. <laughs> the poles between, might as well. Between the European and the desert campaigns. Yeah, the the German stuff is fairly similar. I'm going to yeah. say we just we just done one plastic A10. Why not do another plastic A10? Oh my god, can you imagine? Oh, <laughs> oh my god, I want to do that now. What a plastic <laughs> That is cool though. I mean the early wars it's it's a strange period. It it's is a bit strange. It's got... because everything's wacky, isn't it? As long as I get my gliders, we won't have any problems, will we, Pete? <laughs> Your airborne assault tactics. My airborne assault tactics. Yeah, that Osprey was print on demand. I found it on the website. I was like, oh, cool. I will uh, print one. Yeah. Print for me, please. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. That it's, it's interesting they're going to expand, like you said, the um, the uh, the Swedes potentially coming in does leave, you know, potential for light armoured forces as well. Because mm. your main, you know, your main combatants are going to be Soviet light forces, you had the Royal Marines up there as well, didn't you? In Norway and stuff, and the Dutch. Yeah. Yeah, that must be reliant on them laxing their whole thing about no gun teams, unfortunately. Looking a bit further as well, the whole world of tanks crossover, if it's successful, of which I'm yet to be convinced it will be, um, then the, the late model world of tanks, tanks are all Checkpoint Charlie era stuff. That's true. So that's why they're going to do a mouse, because it's a tier 10 German tank, but also the early Leopard 1 is as well. Um, and they've got a whole heap of other weird and wacky British and Soviet things that they've put in, and Japanese and stuff like that. So mm. that might make Checkpoint Charlie a bit is, more interesting. Is that a completely reskinned? Like, it's just tanks. It's the same game, right? It's just... There are some differences, I believe. Are there? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's, it's 
a, a revamped version. Because I quite enjoyed Tanks. It was it was low um, buy-in. It's quite good fun. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a good good system, and uh, yeah, World of Tanks hopefully will do well. But there's always a weird going from a digital medium to a war game is a harder route than going from a war game to a digital medium. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. who knows? Hopefully, it will, I'll be totally wrong. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Is there uh, any other random? Random things on the list. Um, other than African oh, bush, wars. Wars. bush Wars and the River Assault card pack. They're doing the River Assault card pack like the D-Day mission, so for the Soviet... Battlefield terrain thing, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be awesome fun to play. Apparently there's going to be an article for doing the Team Yankee, uh, doing in Team Yankee as well, doing River Crossings in Team Yankee. Oh. River, River Assault? That'd yeah. be good for a mega game. Yeah, uh, BMP oh. boat fight. Yeah, that'd be. Mm, I like the idea of that. Yeah. Imagine a forced, an opposed river crossing is, you know, it's gonna be pretty horrific, isn't it? Well, yeah. I I, I vote Lee plays the uh, attacker. Is that so? He has to cut all his models in half to. Make them actually yeah. look like wading across. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just not hobby hardcore. Oh, it's not right. Yeah. He wouldn't cut them in half. He'd buy a whole new kits and re sculpt them. I uh, see. Because it's a bit way BMP works, I could just take the top plate off and, put, and build it onto a, and have a, have a custom bottom plate it slots into 3D printed. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I have Is looked at this. Wait a minute. So, does BMP1 and BMP2 have this a common. Top half. Yeah. Come bottom half and different top halves. Ah. So, so, I can, so, I, so out of so my 30 BMP1s that I've built, I've got 30 waterborne BMP2s that I could make for a, a funny campaign game where they just sail up a river off the edge of a board. Precisely. So when we were seriously talking about like, doing that naval battle of River Ring versus Egyptian BMPs, I actually did start looking at, the, at how I'd make a free a 3D printed bottom half of BMPs, just so we could take the top halves off and put on the BMPs and just have. <laughs> I think this has got to happen. It's one of the things in the World War Three Team Yankee Americans book. God, I hate that name. Is there a, <laughs> is on the on the actual U.S. Marine rifle section? They got a picture of a waterline um, LVT. Yes. Coming out coming out the water, I think. I'm guessing it is just they've took a model and cut off the bottom of it, but I'd love them to make that as an actual model to buy, just a like a riverline model of it. Isn't it? I wonder if you could then use the terrain bits that are coming out. You know, the um, the giant hovercrafts and helicopters and things. Yeah. What's those things? Called? I, I swear they did a waterborne. They've done some waterline stuff, haven't they? So DD tanks yeah. and buffaloes both had them. Buffaloes, that's what I'm thinking yeah. of, because it's a similar shape. Yeah, yeah basically, well, this is a modern buffalo, but yes, it's a... Yeah. Because weirdly, the duck doesn't make it. Isn't yeah. there a well, duck? All right. I don't think there's a waterline duck, no. No, it's because they oh. sink. Oh, I always thought it was not. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I always just thought okay. it was an odd, an oddity. Sorry, not sorry. Um, right. So faces, faces, something and something. 
So how have we been painting? I've, I've been I've been painting anything that's actually World War Two or Team Negu related. Yeah, I've I've had to have a break. I think yeah, I've, same I, here. I think I uh, I made great progress on my US forces and everything else, and I've had yeah. to I've had to have a hiatus because I just couldn't look at anything anymore. <laughs> I'm in a similar position. I finished off what I could do with the British until the shops opened up and get like their um, symptoms I need for the other stuff. And I was thinking, well, I need to paint some more British infantry. I got the British infantry out. I looked at them. I thought, I actually need to paint something else other than 15mm. And I looked at, I looked at the Titanicus stuff. I thought, I really should paint those. And I saw the knight I built two years ago and never got to painting. I thought, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably got seniority at this point. I'll paint yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm taking a, a, a just a two month break from painting Flames of War, so I can paint the knight, the two armature knights as well, because all the same scheme, and then get this uh, aeronautical stuff I just bought done as well, and then after that back to probably painting British infantry for a Team Yankee, and then some more warriors. Yeah, I've been hobby, hobby butterflying around several projects and not actually focusing on one, which I never oh. do. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's terminal. That is. Uh, you need to commit to something. Yeah, or I just don't beat myself up about it and just. If oh I yeah. Do it. I do it, and if I don't, then you know, it just it, it will still be there in a couple of weeks' time. There's definitely a wailing uh, flagellation phase you can go through if you want. As well. Yeah. The main thing is don't get annoyed at yourself if you do have time and you just can't get the motivation to paint because there's, you know, crazy well, times in the world and all that. I think. I, I, yeah, I think there is something to be said with if I don't know, it's hard. Once you stop, you won't start again for a while. That's just the nature yeah. of the beast, right? So if you can change tracks and a change as good as a break, is always exactly. But at least it keeps doing something. And also, I I actually um, have switched lanes and started building some bits again. Mm -hmm. um, so rather than just painting stuff, actually still doing some hobby bits, but actually putting stuff together and fiddling around with that rather than trying to get paint on them. Yeah. So again, that's just, you know, everyone's got a pile of shame. Uh, getting some stuff out of the box and just assembled is the first step to getting it on the tabletop. So that sometimes is a bit of a mental block with me as well. I actually don't mind painting um, because I can kind of see progress. My problem with modelling is you see progress and then you realise that's just the, the kind of end of phase one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I love building stuff because it, it's a lot quicker than painting goes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I've, I've, I've lost... I need to get back on the Dutch train at some point. Um, the Hammond Goering stuff was a nice distraction and I've got some of that undercoated really to, like, you know, the base coat done. Yeah. And I've got these six... 57s that I've finished building now that I need to finish for my US forces. So I'm hoping that they're just going to be small little things so I can paint yeah. like maybe four tanks. Because I think the other thing is if you do a lot of batch painting, eventually you will burn yourself out on that. Or I sure. certainly find myself like I burn myself out on batch painting just because I think it's tracks. Tracks kill me and I don't know why. Don't like, do this too detailed. No. They're going to be muddy. Just give them a rough dry brush. You can always go back and pick out a detail later. If you're sitting there, you know, basically, I looked at some of the tanks where I went, like my, especially my US Shermans or British Shermans, the very first ones I painted to art, you know, a, a 
good a good standard or a high standard for me. And I spent all the time going around picking out the track link blocks, the, the road blocks, picking out the, the stuff, the road wheels. And then I weathered it and went, oh, that was completely pointless. Yeah, I, I know. Um... When, see how it looks, pick out some bits and pieces afterwards, you know, and, and then you've got, you, you're over that block. And it looks a lot better than an unpainted track does. That's true. I have. I used to do it where I paint the tracks black, then I dry brush them dark grey. Yeah. And I think the last time I think I switched it up and paint them dark grey and then wash them. Yep. And that seemed to go a little bit faster. I don't know. I think there's certain things that everyone has, you know, a, a stumbling block on as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so a, a bit a really good motivator for painting is games get sent away from, well that but also get sent away for, <laughs> for two weeks with work so you can't take any paint from you <laughs> oh that's good you just sit there and think about it yeah you just sit there going oh it'd be really nice now to be like doing a podcast and doing some painting <sighs> I, I guess keeping a little bit going like you said Lee if you, if you I, I've the other thing I've painted is a blood bowl team which is like 14 figures. That, that looks amazing, dude. That's really good. So, and that's a perfect thing, because it's like a nice little self-contained project. Yeah, yeah and it's and it's not um, historical colours, was the other thing. Just, oh, it's not... so liberating painting that blade bright orange night. I tell you yeah. what, <laughs> not a single bit of olive drab on it anywhere. It's just like... <laughs> Even even the green piping I did was like bright luminescent green rather than like a olive drab. It's just like ah, oh, I get all the bright colours out now. Well, the the other thing about that is that just painting something different like that, you'll learn new things. The other thing I've I've found yeah. is that um, I guess it's like any skill unless you practice it and and push yourself a bit, you you do get kind of into a bit of a rut. Yeah. And just you know, like I said, painting the US um, camo on the second, uh, you know, the rifle division, uh, the second infantry division, just something different. And, you know, I, I, I do want to do that um, Soviet, win, you know, Churchill force, but in uh, a winter. No, so actually the first whitewash, because I've never done that before. And I think just doing something like that also changed it up. Like, I'm just looking at Dunkel, Gale, Panzer 3s at the moment going, mm, painted a lot of them, do something different. But you know what the real the real damage to this is now? What? There's no more daily deals. <laughs> well, the daily I, deals are driving me on. I had a picture. Tasty sent me a picture of a Battlefront delivery box <laughs> for raised eyebrows. And I was oh, like, really? yeah, yeah, well, I ordered the 251Cs on the daily deals. Mm -hmm. And they weren't in stocks. So they didn't ship straight away. And then I think last week I got the notification on my um, credit card going ping, like transaction battlefront. I was like, oh, what? Huh? And then I got the email, looked at the email, and went, oh, yeah, I forgot about it. Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah, well, not like that. I mean, it's cool. It's going to be my um, mid war Panzer Grenadiers Stalingrad list. What with four. <laughs> Forty two fifty one. They've got the options to finish the force off. Right. I've not started yeah. any new projects. He says. Oh my god! You don't need to start any new projects, Eddie. No, exactly. That's what I mean. I'm, I'm not starting. But it came up, and it was like, okay, that's a good thing to finish that 
force off with. Are you convincing? Put it well. I, I sold my armor train for like two hundred and fifty pounds. So come on. Wow. All right. Yeah. It's like on that. It's always a big hobby circle at the moment. It's <laughs> hobby circle. Is no judgment. No judgment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I must admit, one of the things I think on my return back to painting Flames One Team Yankee, I might just do a Dunkle Gale painting session and clear off the 88s, Wesps, thanks Eddie, and the Hummels hey. just before they're. Um... Oh, they arrived. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> it's just like, I'm sending you some Israeli artillery crews, big box of PKs. That's very well padded. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> So yes, uh, I, so I had a bit of a crisis of faith during the day deals when I bought the Hummels and then two days later the Wesps appeared. I guess I don't really want to see Wesps, but I can't justify buying more artillery. And so Eddie I justified it for us. <laughs> <laughs> Magically appeared. Father hobby readiness. Thing, yeah. Yeah, hobby claws. Right. Oh. So, right. And officer. So, first, uh, those who don't understand, we on our Facebook page, we put up questions, or we request questions yep. for you guys to write in and ask us your hobby conundrums. Um, and if uh, our esteemed officer doesn't answer them before we do, we get the chance to actually talk to you guys about it. It's do we're doing pretty well, actually, I think. <laughs> yeah, restraint. Yeah, restraint. Hats off. Uh, Ernst Udo Peters asks... Oh, numbers. Question one. Do you think that we are going to see some of the more stoic equipment? Stoic? Esoteric? Esoteric. Esoteric, yeah. I will caveat it's 2am here. Esoteric equipment in Team Yankee, such as Canadian towed artillery or German mine layers, the Scorpion, or the Soviet series of BMD vehicles. No, uh, no, maybe. <laughs> yeah. No, no, Maybe. I mean, as much as I'd love Toad Artillery to be a thing, as I mean, my, the mine layers is like that's really a pre-game effect. I can t I can take that or leave it. Yeah. Toad Artillery, there's really no good reason it shouldn't be the game of and that's just where Battlefield's priorities lie, disappointingly. Well, these are actually amazing uh, stuff. I, I, yeah. As much as it's not filling somebody's niche over there, they're kind of, I think Battlefront of yesteryear. Totally would have done that with, with Team Yankee. I would have swamped it with a million product codes. But then yeah. we would have one release every year. Mm -hmm. And the game itself would have ground down as people are waiting for their German mine layer command platoon yeah. model, you know, code three to release four months after it's been supposedly released. Where, yeah, there, there wouldn't be a Canadian army book. So it's, it's, it's just kind of. Bringing it back into the focus. Yeah. But I do on gliders. <laughs> <laughs> focus within these specific parameters. Yeah, when the focus isn't your 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 niche, then yeah, not good. Um, did you think one of those was was actually viable though? I I, th I think at some point they will do towed guns and stuff because they've got to run out of stuff. You can't keep you know putting bits out without coming to a wall and I think if, once you reach that why wouldn't they well because the, they pull the wall down yeah. oh Hasselhoff 
<laughs> um, question two is when are the helicopter terrain pieces supposed to show up i.e. the Chinook and the hip that's a good that's question a, a, ske a scheduling we don't know <laughs> well yeah I mean but my, my best educated guess is don't expect them anytime soon because of Covid basically yeah I think they were going to be at some point this year they might still be some point this year I'll be the back half of it yeah just when they show up it'll be a cool surprise like the Bastogne Church I haven't forgotten. Um, Corey S. Lanes asks, I have a World War One German army and I want to paint a second one so I have another force to teach people. Should I do British or French? And if so, why? Yes. The answer is American. Well, mm, yeah, bits of both. I've, I've got Americans and I, I actually kind of wish I'd done French. In all honesty. Really? Yeah, I mean the Americans are cool, but like, with the more you read about the the main protagonists, and you know the French, they had they had bore such a weight of that fighting, it's just yeah. ridiculous. And also in their book, you can do about mm, what five, six different formations. It's kind of funny the whole, you know. The, the stereotypical French military victories, people just kind of forget the First World War. What, where, like, the entire yeah. French army was cycled through Verdun at some yeah. point and had to experience exactly. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well... Yeah, I, surrender I, monkeys, honestly. <laughs> and like, so even the Second World War, where they basically held the line so we could basically abandon yeah. them at Dunkirk. Several battles on both the Free French and the Vichy French in, in, in the Levant and North Africa. It's like, yeah, we tried, right? You know. Really, the only thing the French have going against them is the Franco-Prussian War, where they get massively screwed over through hubris. But <laughs> well, the, the, oh, the French, yeah, sorry, the French. The, the, French, the, French yeah. the Prussians basically occupied Paris, don't they? It's like... yes, yeah, well, that's that's Napoleon's fault, and not the good Napoleon. No, not the good Napoleon. I say Napoleon. massive hubris, and also yeah, yeah. a really cool needle rifle on the German side. Oh yeah, the is that the um, air rifle? Uh, no, it's just that really slight, um, narrow calibre, like say, a muzzle, um, breech loader, basically. Oh, I don't know. I might be confused. Yeah, French. I would do French, um, especially, well, depending if you're, where, where does it say where he's located? Uh, it does not. He says, clicking his name and doing some no. Facebook stalking. No, that's, I was just thinking, because if you're based in the UK, if you want to try and in, in you know, engage people and um, get them to play a game, then maybe having something yeah, familiar because okay. of, I'm just thinking maybe ride the 1917 wave on yeah. that. Lake City, Utah. Yeah, uh, I, I, well, maybe the US in that point, but um, the trouble is the US stuff is all a bit of a hodgepodge. Well, that's why I thought it'd be interesting because, yeah, you're not sat there painting just one thing. Yeah, but if you're trying to get people interested, trying to explain to them that, you know, these are French tanks, but they're not French tanks. Yeah, but the French tanks have that really cool camo. It's a bit more, <laughs> more <laughs> colourful. But they're not, <laughs> they're not French tanks at that point. So, no, they, they were. They were just used by the Americans. Yeah, with the American crew. Yeah, but they were still painted the same camo, weren't they? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, they didn't repaint them. I'm yeah. just, that's what I mean is that you're trying to you're seeing someone's hand saying right well these these tanks how oh, are but they you know are they American tanks well you know they're, they're American tanks but you know 
not, not, yeah. not. They kind of borrowed them. Yeah, French French Le Chat rifles and like show show. That's it, show show. There's a yeah, really good um, YouTube channel. Um, forget the name of it now, which I actually, I'm a Patreon of. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's historical arms stuff. Oh God, I'm getting tired. It's fine. Everything's fine. Nothing to see. Nothing to see here. Where is it? No. It's gone. I've already yeah, said it before, but my personal opinion is that the French, yeah, the the, the book's good as well for the French. Um, you get, like I said, you get the Harlem, uh, was it the Harlem Fire Hellfire or something unit? Yes, Hell. And you, yeah, you can do. Um, there's there's different rifle platoons. They all they're all basically the same component parts. So if you wanted to change it up, you can. I just think they're underutilized as a as a force. You know, they, they seem to get glossed over. I don't know. Maybe it's, you know, being in, in Britain and, um, you know, that gets focused on more. But certainly they're, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, want, I want to do some French now. They're called blue as well. If you do oh, they're coats. Yeah. Yeah. If you do them as early, early stuff, because I think they changed after a while. They decided that being blue with red trousers was a bad idea. Oh, I'm going to make some noise back. No. So, it's uh, Forgotten Weapons is the original, obviously, Gun Jesus guy. Oh, yeah. He goes through a lot of stuff. Uh, and he did a whole series with his friends, who I'm frantically trying to find their names. And it's not coming up because they got, got in trouble with YouTube. Anyway, there's a whole lot of the show, especially the, the, the LMGs firing, and they're just nuts. Absolutely nuts weapon design. It's like, we've got a good mechanical understanding, but human ergonomics does not exist. So we're going to have this really heavy MG-15 with this like middle bipod rocky thing that whenever you fire it, pivots the gun upwards. <laughs> so you can't actually aim. And then there's like, the Italian one, which has an insane rate of fire, two barrels, but you hold it the stock goes onto your chest. Oh, nice. The, the sights are about three millimeters high, so they're tiny little pit sights, and you're firing this massive rifle caliber round. But yeah, um, the show show is just this amazing tube machine gun, um, which just it looks incredibly uncomfortable to fire because it's just a whole lot of violence going off inches from your face. <laughs> just where you want it. Yeah. But it makes you really appreciate what these guys went through. And then, then you put into the whole theme of being in mud. Yeah. Um, but no, Corey. Uh, what were we saying? French. 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 I'm saying French. Definitely French. Luke Daly asks, oh, speaking of the French, the French in Team Yankee, playable. Should I start them? I'm scared to, ironically. Oh. That's a lot. Of, well, there's a lot of stuff in them. They're quite cheap, aren't they? They are, but the the coolest thing, the little armored car gun turret stuff, is our resin and metal, not plastic. Yeah, that's always a downside. I wish they'd done the plastic if that. Oh yeah, they are, aren't they? The was it the R AMC ten? Ten. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that, if they were plastic, I'd say yes. Um. The answer is always yes. Yeah. So you're asking, 
well, playable. Depend, depends on playable. I mean, like, you know, everything's playable. Well, their infantry is just as good as the British for Milan, Milan time, right? Yeah, I mean, in some ways, they can be better because you can get around that big Milan section, the fab formation. Um, I think, they, obviously, they get a lot of Milan anti tank 21. They can get a lot of hot anti tank 23. I think the biggest problem they have is that their, um, their tank option is a bit meh compared to this because a light it's a very light tank but unlike a leopard it's not particularly mobile if I remember correctly. Mm. It's not it's as like fast. the thirty, AMX thirty. Yeah, AMX thirty, yeah. So mm. you just get you just get this very lightly armoured, undergunned thing that's just not gonna last long. But um I think so like say that I think the French armoured cars and infantry still hold up well. I think it's still quite a popular list you'll see it on the forums and that. Yeah, gazelles are cool. Yeah, and everyone thought they're going to be, you know, die away with the change in morale, but I don't think that's actually held up to be the case. I just worry that they might start struggling, like say the Soviet list go really heavy, but then again, the numbers will go down, which might help them as well. So, yeah. You got the whole artillery. And the Soviets. As is always, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, Robert J. Webb asks the 1941 Ecuadorian Peruvian War, which would. You- which would you choose, Peru for the heavy tank option, 38Ts, or Ecuador for the challenge? <laughs> wow. Uh, Always go check, Peru. Yeah, I'm going to say, if, if in doubt, go 38T, regardless of what. I, no, I love an infantry swarm. I think it'd have to be the Ecuadorians. Plus, Plus you have that Euro trance song. Yeah, the theme song's better. Yeah. Ecuador. Yeah, you got Ecuador versus Paddington Bear. I mean, <laughs> honestly, the yeah. soccer wars later are much more fun. But it's like, is the Bolivian Navy an option? No, but I, yeah, I would go for the soccer wars for the Corsair fighting. <laughs> oh. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I'm going to go soon. Oh, yeah, we need to wrap this up because... Well, we are on the shooting scoop bit now, aren't we? Yeah, so, on the shooting scoop. I know, I'm just getting there. I'm, I'm awake. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> the stick deprivation is now kicking in. So yeah, like, awake and sober. Yeah. Awake and sober yeah. in the Emirates. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's the worst bit. Um, cool. Shoot and scoop. Right, so dice I just picked, and I can tell I'm getting to the bottom of the dice I had, so I might have to get Adam to send us a new bag to use. Oh, it's, no. it's another SS dice. It's second SS, Das Reich. Das Reich, we really love the Tiger Tank. Yeah. Um, yes. So they're going to be, much like last last time, they're going to be skill, skilled trained, aren't they, using the new rules? Whoa, yeah. really? Well, that's, what, that's what the SS Yeah, SS are trained in the new books, aren't they? To make them different from, I call shenanigans. Well, all right. Unless the CEOs join, in which case they're veterans. So we go say the CEOs join. No, 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 no. Doesn't it give you a reroll? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say train with a reroll. I thought when the CEO joins, it makes you use his skill with the way the SS work, but probably. But does well, it matter? Two, so we're gonna say it's a reroll. <laughs> They've got five, they are, they're on the re-roll. The Armoured Train Wreck for the podcast you've been listening to was Shoes and Scoops, a blaze of war podcast from the team of Breakthrough Assault and the Cutting UK. was brought to you by support from Battlefield Hobbies, Dice of War, and yet again another apology about the sound mixing.
the person who gets bit and doesn't tell the rest of the group is not the, it's not the exception that is the rule 